Welcome to Creative Apocalypse episode 204. Question mark. Um, my name's Matt, you're Anne. I just had the friggin' yeah, I didn't look. thing up. I was too busy looking And you at didn't porn. look at it, did you? Too busy looking at porn. 204, I got it right. Don't fucking you stop like You were looking at fucking Facebook fucking videos. No, it wasn't. Or TikTok or some shit. I don't fucking go on TikTok. I'm not YouTube Shorts. What are you fucking talking... Yeah, YouTube Shorts I do watch. Yeah. What are you fucking talking about TikTok? I don't go on TikTok. Apparently YouTube Shorts don't have to be vertical. You can have them in the um, Instagram 1-1 ratio, which, I mean, I don't like that anymore, but it's At better least, than yeah. vertical. Yeah, it's better than vertical. Yeah, gaming content could be done in that. If you were doing retro stuff... SNES particularly, which had a near one-to-one ratio. So, just saying. I wanted to talk about TikTok quickly. No, don't. Uh, my parents both right. have Facebook. Oh no! Right? And Facebook is a hellhole of right-wing propaganda, mostly now designed for people that are forty and up. Yeah, yeah. It's not used by a lot of normal people. Not in a function. Like not in the function it's meant to anyway. Not by functional people. Not by functional people. No, it's mostly a messenger app for me nowadays. How about you? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, my parents have got TikTok. Street Fighter soundboard. What? No, I'm not on about. Wait, one sec. Give me a, give me a, give me a. Haru I don't know. Maybe I can give you a. Um... <laughs> Is that Cammy? That's Vega. That's Vega. Yeah, it doesn't have. Oh yeah, no. The... It doesn't have fight though. Oh. It has. But it doesn't have fight. No, weird. Um. Anyway, yeah, my parents have TikTok and uh, and. Sorry, that just slipped. <laughs> my parents, fuck's sake, my parents have TikTok now, and my dad was like, "No, I just watch animal videos." And no. whilst I was there, he was going through TikTok and watching TikToks, and I heard Jordan Peterson's Kermit-like voice come over the thing, uh, and I was well, like, "He gets that from animals, like get animals, off that. frogs, Kermit, Jordan Peterson." No, I don't. I'm trying to get them to stop using social media. Yeah, like I need yeah. to get them off of there because yeah. it's it's bad for older people. Because they come from a time when newspapers existed. So we're like, oh, it's in a newspaper. It's got to be true. And now the internet and this shit storm of fucking TikTok and Facebook. Yeah, media lit- literacy classes for the old. That's they what need I'm going to put in when literacy. I get old. Yeah, that'd be great. When I'm, when I'm in charge. <laughs> when my campaign for PM finally comes about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and and just that voice is men these days just don't and I was just like oh god no how the fuck is that how is that TikTok isn't TikTok for kids this um, TikTok's full of horrible shit it's just a fucking nightmare hellscape anyway uh, Andrew Tate's still in prison <laughs> that's some good news Top G is not getting out of prison he's getting done for fucking sex trafficking and I listened to an interview that um, Sheila Fogarty did with his lawyer Sheila Ferguson Fo- Fogarty she's an LBC LBC talk show. Oh. All right, listen. Sometimes I watch and listen to stuff other than just gaming and media content. Oh, you have to keep you up. Have to keep up. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyway, Sheila Fogarty had an interview with Andrew Tate's lawyer. And Andrew Tate's lawyer was like, it's all parody. None of it's meant to be taken seriously. And she was like, but what about the accusations of sex trafficking? And she's like, we feel we've got some very captivating evidence against <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, could you share some of the some of this?" She's like, "I can't because it's an ongoing ongoing case." And she, the fucking team, was like, "Yeah, but you've revealed that to the defense, and you've just revealed to us that you do have evidence of that, so you could just share it." And she's like, "No, no, no, I can't because the case is ongoing yet." And she was like, "But it's a case in another country, not influenced by the media of the country you're currently giving an interview in." <laughs> um, 
He's going down. He, I hope he fucking gets like a hundred years. Such a cunt. Such a dumb fucking cunt. Anyone who follows Andrew Tate is a fucking idiot. Like, if you need someone in your life to say, your existence can be more than what you think it is at this moment in time, and then then that message is followed by, but you should really be horrible to women. <laughs> no, the message is followed by, buy our supplements. <laughs> buy our supplements and go to our special, special little... Special weekenders where you spent five school grand that he went to when he was a child. Yes, yes. in Luton. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope Andrew Tate fucking he's going to hang himself in prison. I reckon my money's on that. As soon as he gets, he doesn't have to tie a knot. That sounds fucking good. That was good. Anyway, uh, welcome to Chris Apocalypse. We're actually a podcast about media, not about fucking horrible misogynists hanging themselves in prison. Surprisingly, um, and mm. have you been? What you been up to? How are you doing? Um, not much. Yeah. No. 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 Have you seen Avatar two yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, you're the first this week. I watched that the way James Cameron intended uh, on your to. phone. <laughs> <laughs> on your phone with like six hundred and forty parts via TikTok in vertical. No, on your phone. You can watch whole films on TikTok. People really? just upload whole films to TikTok. Oh God, this fucking hellscape. Just in like one minute bites. It's like Quibi if Quibi didn't fail. If Quibi was successful. Yeah. Uh, do you reckon anyone still remembers Quibi? <laughs> is it just me making jokes about Quibi still? I think what's interesting is that um, all the people who made the shows for those Quibi, just kept the rights. Yeah, they got to keep the rights to them all. That's part of the thing. Yeah. And they haven't released them. No, they haven't done anything. Well, actually, no, that most dangerous game film they made Did they? that they then chopped up into yeah, that got released as a full film. Did it? Because apparently you don't need to watch it in in three minute intervals for yeah. it to be a good bit of content. Yeah. Also, Quibi. I had Quibi for a while, and what was really funny about Quibi is if you exited the app, it didn't save where you were in the thing that you were watching, so it'd start that segment again. So even if you were like, it's only three minutes, it's fine. Yeah, but if you were digesting something in a queue, like if you were watching something in a queue for like the first thirty seconds, and then you turned it off. You'd be really pissed off if you had to like scroll forward. You accidentally, things. you know, close down the app while fumbling for your um, jack of potato. You just lost a coffee app. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and enough about Quibi. I know you invested heavily in it and now you're broke because mm. Quibi went under. Mm. Um, what's your newest investment? Tesla stock. You said you were buying the other day. Tesla and Twitter stock. Wasn't that what you said? To the moon, you said. <laughs> Dogecoin, all the way you said. You said Elon Musk is a financial genius. No, I'm um, opening a new metaverse portal. <laughs> you bought land in the metaverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I did as well. I did as well. But they've got it's it's actually my metaverse land is on a Scottish server, yeah. so I get to be a lord or lady if I yeah. buy a plot of land. No, <laughs> the jokes are getting so fucking specific. No one's gonna get. It's all a bit con, that. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, Anne, I know. It's loads of trouble. That was the though. joke. It was even more worthless than the fake. Whenever I see a ton of YouTubers that have those on the thing, sponsorships for that, I'm just. It just makes me laugh. So I think that it if would I was be a big channel, and they started offering me sponsorships. There'd be part of me that would be like, "Yeah, I'd have some money," but another part of me <laughs> would be take like, the "Money immediately." I, I just like I could not do it enthusiastically. No, well, you wouldn't need to. <laughs> they do. They ask you to redo me more enthusiastically. They want. Nah. They, you have to send them the video that you've recorded, and they approve whether or oh, not it's worth. Fuck. No, we're not doing. Like that. they have to approve the episode before you put it out. No, we're not doing that. No, we will stay with our corporate overlords, Raid Shadow Legends, the new RPG available for Android and iOS. 
well, hundreds we of champions. Sponsored by the um, what's that new Genshin Impact spin-off thing they've done? There's some card game. There's a card um, card and dice game. Should we just should we pre get in there? Should I saw we start? Pro ZD doing a video where he was told to be more enthusiastic. I'm not I'm in just... the copy read, and then you can just listen to it. It's just like the most sarcastic sounding enthusiasm ever. <laughs> we're never going to get sponsored by anyone. No, I think we've got to give up that we're going to no, get. We're I never really it. even cared. I just wanted the um, money, really. No. I didn't even need it. I just wanted it. <laughs> you know, like, just, I wanted to start being like Smaug, another reference everyone's going to understand. So, so recent and Actually, a lot more people probably going to understand a, a Smaug reference than. The title reference thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it would still be valid if your server was on a plot of land in Scotland and you divided up your metaverse land that's in the server into plots to give people Lord or Ladyship? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 sure. Fuck you. You're first, Dan. What are you going to do? You review things, stuff, media, mostly, video games. No, am I supposed to have stuff to review? Yeah, just fucking review something. Just talk about something. No. How's your foot doing? Well, I stopped it this morning because someone's been leaving a massive set of weights outside the, in the hallway. The hallway that doesn't light up too much because the there's like a little mini wall bit coming down from the ceiling that blocks light from going around that corner. <laughs> it's like the lowest effort Home Alone remake. <laughs> Why is there weights? <laughs> so there was a weight in my room and I took down the net curtain that was up there before. Because it's like slightly mouldy because there's mould coming from the top. Oh, why the, is there mould? On the top of the... Open the, your fucking windows. I do open my windows. My windows open right Spray now. Spray the Silic Bang in there. <laughs> I've got the Silic Bang mould remover stuff. Fucking... Get sponsored by Silic Bang. That's a fun one. Like, at least we can be like, Silic Bang. Bang of the day is gone. <laughs> like that. dead. Is he? No. You've got to... Re- Billy yeah, Mays Barry, is dead. Barry, Barry, Barry Scott. Scott. Barry Scott died. Oh, did he? All right, you keep reviewing your thing. Oh. Am I supposed to review something? Just review your fucking thing. What what Super Sentai? I haven't watched any Super. Uh, finished the series. Next week I'll have one because um, Avatar Sentai Don Brothers ends next week. Second to last episode tonight. So Barry Scott died three days before my birthday yeah. in 2020. No, uh, he's born in Nashville, Tennessee. Wait, this they might could. Be a did they bury him? This might be a different guy. Did they bury him? Yeah, Barry Scott's British. Yeah, Barry Scott is British. Yeah, I think you're, you're looking for Silic Bang, Barry Scott. Let me try Silic Bang. Or did you just search for Barry Scott? He wasn't a real person. That was a character. Was it? Yeah. Oh, maybe they killed him off in, in universe and I'm just misremembering. Like Mr. Peanut. <laughs> yeah, like Mr. Peanut. Anyway, I got Star Trek Six on 4K Blu-ray. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Who bought you that? Me. Wait, which one did I get you? You got me 4 and 5. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Well, I'm reviewing 6 because I haven't got any much to review this week. And that's... When did this come out? Ages ago, I just got it's, it this week. Number three's the one with whales in it, right? No, four's the one with whales. Oh, okay. Three is Search for Spock. Oh, yeah. Fuck it. Anyway, um, Star Trek Six was the finale of the the um, the TOS crew. Okay. The Toss, the Tossers, as they're called amongst Star Trek fans. Um, so, this one is all about racisms. Wait. And I've watched this film so many times. <laughs> Wait. It's actually one of my favourite Star Trek films now. Is this the origin of your... of your? No. Okay, so <laughs> this film addresses how Kirk is an eensy bit of a racist. Okay, it was And it? how a lot of the Star Trek... Because you know how in Star Trek, in the original series and in the films and stuff, they're always like, ugh, Klingons, they're scum, bunch of scummy scum scums. Aren't they like a race of war people? Yeah, but they're like just people. It's Just, you know, just really of, violent war yeah, people. they just like a good fight. 
Okay. And some gacked. What's that? Um, it's live worms. Oh, okay. Yeah, if the gacked's dead, then that's a great bit of an insult. But anyway, so in this one, um, big explosion goes off in space. Okay. There's like, oh, mystery. Sulu's commanding the Excelsior because Sulu's a captain now. Okay. Um, Tuvok was apparently on board there. I just watched the episode of Voyager where you flash back to when Tuvok was on the Excelsior at that moment. Um, but you don't see him in the film because it was like seven years before. But anyway, so Praxis blew up. You know Praxis? I'm just Googling these names as you're saying them. I just got two of them. Praxis. Praxis is the Klingon moon. It's a mine. Klingon moon. It was a mining operation. All right, yeah. Um, and it blows up. Big accident. Blows up a massive chunk of the moon. Big shockwave. The Klingon Empire is not far away from death. 50 years until they'll be extinct because of this. Okay. Unless they get some sort of help. Yeah. And so the Federation is like, we're going to <clears throat> offer a peace treaty to give them the help they need in order for them to, you know, save their um, money that they would be spending on war on something more. That's Praxis blowing up. Well done. Yeah. They use that effect quite often in Star Trek. Um, it looks good. I like the effect. Yeah. You, no, just, you haven't got to put... Oh, fucking, why okay, sorry. I'm just, I'm just... Keep going. Keep going. Tell me what happens. Why are you watching Star Trek 6 now? I'm, 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 as you're listening, I'm imagining the character. Right now, Sulu is, is drinking some tea, but continue. So... What about that tea? What type is it? Uh, if it's the start of that episode, then it should be the Vulcan tea oh, okay. that Tuvok made him. Oh, um, to try and impress him. So Sulu's the captain at the beginning of the film, is he? Well, he's captain of the Excelsior. That's the Excelsior. Oh, right. I see. Anyway, so they plan to go give humanitarian aid and sort out a peace treaty with the Klingons, um, which eventually becomes known as the Kittimer Accords. It's a big thing in Star Trek. Yeah, and Spock's Kirk, Spock's the one sort of pushing for it. Mm-hmm. To help Klingons. It's what the Federation should be doing. Yeah. Because they're good. They're supposed to be goodies. Yeah. And Kirk's like, fuck them. They killed my son. I hate Klingons. They're a bunch of dirty space rats. And it's really Did nice. Did J.K. Rowling write this? No. <laughs> but um, the way they like get that across, that Kirk's opinion in this is not the good one. Mm. To make you sure, the audience, that you're not going to be just thinking, yeah, Kirk's perfectly fine. He's right. Klingons, dirty bunch they are. Because they have a sequence where, like, the token, quite clearly bad guy, Admiral, is like, they should all be wiped out. We should leave them, frock them, and get what we want out of them when they're at the verge of extinction. Yeah. And, you know, McCoy gives him a raised eyebrow. Like, that's a bit sort of... It's not exactly Federation-y. No. And Kirk then says something similar, and that gives Spock a big of a raised eyebrow. And that's good direction, you see? Yeah. Because... Kirk said something a bit weird, and Admiral said something a bit weird, and Kirk's both of Kirk's friends showed disapproval in it. See? Mm. Good, good directing. Yeah. Lots of racism stuff. Um, there's a line that should probably not have been in there where Chekhov says, guess who's coming to dinner? Like oh, a reference to, it's a re- reference to Sidney Poitier. Yeah, to the Ashton Kutcher movie. Yeah, the Ashton Kutcher, Sidney yeah, yeah, Poitier yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> in which Ashton Kutcher's dating Sidney Poitier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um... Yeah, but it's, that's what the film's about. And Kirk learns at the end that, you know, um, Klingon prison sucks and he didn't want to be in it. Yeah. And there was a spy and someone's trying to sabotage the Kitoma records. And so he learns um, to maybe let not be so bad to the Klingons. So basically he learns that racism and generalisation of a race of people is bad. Sort of. I mean, he doesn't outright say it or anything. <laughs> but He's not, He doesn't commit to it. But at the he end just... he does make sure... Oh, okay. The peace treaty can go ahead. Oh, that's good. And 
he does have a bit where well, she does outright say it. there's a bit where he's in the prison and he's like I'm so blinded by you know my blinded hatred for the white you know what the Klingons Yoda. did to my son and all this sort of stuff and he's like you know we're really they're just people yeah he realizes that while he's in no a, shit while he's in a prison. <laughs> He's um, like, oh, actually, prison and what we're doing to these people is bad, you know, and I don't like it. No, he's in prison. He gets arrested. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Like, once he sees McCoy. it from the perspective of someone then, in prison, he's like, oh, prison's actually He meets bad. Iman. Yeah. No, David Bowie's wife. <gasps> yeah, she's a shapeshifter. Okay. Does um, David Bowie know this? N- no, he, does, he's, he doesn't know now. I mean, David Bowie's, like, dead. And also, technically, all actors are shapeshifters. Mm. They can change who they are. Yeah. The drop of a hat. Yeah, she turns into a big monster and also a small child. And Kirk. She's just ended racism, paedophilia, mm. <laughs> bestiality, because she's an adult woman that could be anything. But what's great with this film is we've got Christopher Plummer. Great. Fucking legend. Wait, in six? Yeah, he's the um, main like, Klingon bad guy. This before or after Exorcist? What? No, wait. No, Christopher before Plummer after... wasn't Exorcist, was he? Not. Was he the seventh seal? Who was Christopher? He's in one of the Exorcist films. He's in that remake one, wasn't he? Or the prequel one? One of them. Was he in the first anyway, one? Christopher Plummer, great Klingon. Um, From Knives Out. Quotes obviously. like um, Shakespeare a bunch. David Warner is in it, playing the second role he's played in a Star Trek movie because he plays a human in the previous one in Star Trek Five, but they didn't give him much to do, so I think they felt sorry for him, so they gave him a, an important role as a Klingon um, chancellor who gets murdered. There's like a sabotage thing. Some some people break aboard the a Klingon ship and make it look like the Enterprise attacked them and kill a bunch of the Klingon the Klingon Chancellor and some of his men and stuff in order to try and sabotage the Accords. Um, the most important thing to come out of this, though, is that I tweeted about the film and mentioned oh, Kim Cattrall yeah. and she liked my tweet. Yeah, she did. Yeah. The actual Kim Cattrall. Yeah. Like... I'm not saying she name searches, <laughs> but she liked one of my tweets. So, Christopher Plummer's, Plummer's been quite in quite a few movies. His daughter is playing the bad guy in the new season of Picard. Oh, yeah, Amanda Plummer. She's the Sound of Music. There. He was in. He's in a lot of stuff. He's in fucking. He he replaced Kevin Spacey. Kevin, yeah, Kevin Spacey. In uh, who is a bit spacey? Who. You can link to Star Trek because, you know, he abused, um, uh, what's his face, who's in Star Trek Discovery. So, you know. Christopher Plummer was in Howard Lovecraft and the Undersea Kingdom, which is uh, a little bit of a a little bit of a kid's movie based on the series of H.P. Lovecraft. Hmm. Um, his cat isn't called the same thing as H.P. Lovecraft's real cat. Oh, that's good. Yeah. People Google that if you don't know. Well, H.P. Hovercraft's cat. Yeah, do you not know what the cat's name is? I know what the cat's called. <laughs> oh, <good> night. <laughs> I love the fact that you're like, Matt might say it if I don't shut him down right now. I'm like, I wouldn't say it. Uh, it was all the money. Cat was named work. something horrible. Yeah. Began with the letter N. Yeah. Because, Norbert. Because H.P. Lovecraft was a horrible, horrible I racist. I said, I said it was Norbert. Norbert. Oh. No, that's the horrible like thing. Like the Eddie Murphy film. Yes. Yeah, potentially the worst thing to happen to black culture in the history of the world. It's pretty bad. It's, it's pretty, pretty bad. bad. It's, it's no The Clumps. Uh, it's no, yeah, <laughs> not a professor too. No, um, yeah. Sure. All the money in the world was the the one where they yeah. digitally replaced Kevin Spacey with Christopher Plummer. <laughs> they um, is that Christopher Plummer died straight after that? No, he died after Knives Out. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the same time, man. No, it wasn't. It was four years after. 
fucking fuck you and your <laughs> freaking, oh, I'm right about everything. Uh, do you know what else David Warner was in? Yeah, no, no. He was I, the Chancellor. What was he in? Fucking everything. You and know what else recently. David Warner was in? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. I was going to get to Tron. Yeah. Yeah. One of the... Why do you want to talk about Tron? He's in the... Um, the best film he's in. Isn't he one of the Reanimator movies? I can't... He's in Reanimator, isn't he? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's no, in No, David Warner is not in Reanimator. He's in Reanimator. No, he's not. He's definitely... David Warner is not in Reanimator. Do you want me to Google it to prove you wrong? I'm pretty sure I'm right. They need to release carbon dioxide for the for them to take effect. Is it not that? Maybe it's the off of HP Lovecraft one that Brian Yusner did. Necronomicon. I can't remember. He's yeah. in one Brian of Brian Yusner ones. did Necronomicon. I think that's the one you're thinking of. I think you're thinking he played one of the weird monster couples, but I don't think he did. I'm just having a quick look now. Uh, Titanic 2? No, I'm joking. Titanic. I've seen Titanic 2. Yeah, I know you have. In the Mouth of Madness is what you're thinking. There you go. And he was in Necronomicon. I was right. And one of the reanimator films. Wait for it. Wait for it. When, when are you thinking? When are you thinking? In the 80s? No, he's in Waxwork. And Waxwork, see? Exactly what I said. Waxwork wasn't Brian Yusner, so get the fuck off your hobby horse here. He was in He was in The Math of Madness. He was in H.P. Lovecraft and Necronomicon, which, both of which I was aware of, and I said. And uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. Star Trek Five. he was also in. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mentioned that because he is the only actor to play two different characters he was also in, in two different Star Trek He was Trek also films. in The Company of Wolves, The Man with Two Brains, starring... starring um, well, Steve Martin. Steve Martin, yeah, yeah. I've seen that many times. It's a good film. Uh, and My Best Friend is a Vampire. I was going to say L.A. Story, though. I think L.A. Story is... A, L.A. Story is much better. And it's also, like, super underrated, L.A. Story. Um, and it's also it's a love story, L.A. Story, which is nice. Um, yeah, My Best Friend is a Vampire. Which is a film that I haven't is, seen. Are they? Yeah, he's in that. Uh, it's a film I haven't seen, but it was released in 1988, the year of... Wasn't David Warner also in the sequel to Fright Night? No! Who was the guy in Fright Night who was, like, basically Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? That's a good question. I'm going to find out. It's David Warner. It isn't David Warner! Anyway, Star Trek Six is fantastic. Um, I watched the director's cut version on this, which is, I think, the only version I've ever <laughs> watched. Um, there's some extra characters in it, some extra scenes. He was in Scream too. He was the person who produced the uh, play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, are we talking about Fright Night Part 2 or Fright Night 2, The New Blood from 2013? Fright Night 2, The New Blood. <laughs> no, Fright Night 2. The one that everyone forgets exists. The one that, yeah, no one seems to know exists, but... Uh, no, he wasn't in it. Who's the guy in that? John Griss, probably. Right, what Star Trek is he in? Four and five. He's not five and six. No, he's not. That's David Warner. Oh, wait. Who are you talking about? I don't know. David Warner's in five and six. Are you talking about Roddy McDowell? Roddy McDowell's in Planet of the Apes. He was Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dun, dun, dun. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Ooh, Dr. Zayas. Can I play the piano anymore? Of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. <laughs> uh, Simpsons references. Anyway, Rene Oberjohn was in it. All the people who are dead. Wait, from oh, this film. Snake Man. Yeah. Snake Face Guy. Yeah, like Odo. Yeah, Snake Face Guy. So much of this cast is dead. Kurt Woodsmith's in it. He's not dead yet. He's Kurt Woodsmith. Kurt Woodsmith? Oh, you mean the dad from that 70s show and Bodica? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like The one who says, bitches, leave. Yeah. Bitches, leave. He's fucking great. Yeah. Bodica, I wish I was. I'd buy kid. that for a dollar. <laughs> I want to be Bodica when I grow up. He's 79 years old. You yeah. want to be Bodica when you grow up. Yeah. A rapist arms dealing 
monster who kills Alex Murphy, who then rises and up. And kills Bob Morton oh, he because he Bob made Morton. a mistake, and it's time to erase that mistake. That's true. That is true. Bob Morton did die at the hands of... Shot him in the knees and is then he, left an open in grenade. The story, in the, the story table. of like the Bible, would he be Pontius Pilate, or would he be... Why would he be in the Bible? Because it's the story of Jesus, Robocop. I mean, it's more of a... Jesus metaphor. It's not a story of Jesus. It's yeah, more I that mean, it is. Like, it's more that is. Robocop is like the Messiah. Is such he doesn't perform miracles other than yes, walking on water. Yes, other than walking on water. He, he no. He also uses his bike to kill someone at just one like point. Just like Jesus did. Just like Jesus did. <laughs> yeah. He was the like spike he was like I gave life and I can take Although it Jesus away. Jesus was more like the Giver. They came out of his elbows. <laughs> he was more like um, the Giver. Yeah. That's how he climbed out. Out of the hole. Yeah. Because he only pushed the rock out of the way and he scaled the wall with his elbow blades. Yeah. Jesus is fucking terrifying in our version. <laughs> He's a biomechanical nightmare. It's like, oh, look, Jesus it's like has risen. Around the body hammer. <laughs> it's like, look, Jesus has risen and he's risen so high up the cliff on his elbow glaives. He just like looks down and opens his jaw up extra wide and screams. Yeah, yeah. obviously he just yeah. <laughs> like bye Jesus. <laughs> Do you think when the alien pees, a little tiny alien willy comes out of the end of his willy, and the pee comes out of that? And Mary's there, like I've given birth to sixteen thousand eggs, and that bastard's not staying around to pay child support. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Jesus. Say hi to God for us. <laughs> the feeding of the 5,000 is just vomiting a nutritious paste into bowls for people. How is she supposed to? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, how are we going to make these five five fish and two loaves of bread work for everyone? I've got an idea, my child. It <laughs> just goes and chews on it and then vomits up nutritional paste. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to rewrite the Bible if Jesus was an alien. <laughs> I mean, if Jesus was more of an alien. <laughs> it's fucking what's, what's happened to my brain? What's, what is going on at EW Review? Yeah, sure, why not? I mean, someone's got to have asked the question, what if Jesus got the guy <laughs> Well, the guy was technically a god. Like, that's a, that's, did, have you read... Have you read The Giver? No, I've watched. It goes off the fucking rails after they stop doing the anime. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've, watched, I've watched the two versions of the anime. Yeah, the 90s ones are really good. I really. I like watched the 90s ones. The, one. the new that one's really fine. Good. The new one's fine, but it's a lot less dour. But when you watch like... The 90s the one, he kills his eight dad. eight episodes or so, it's the exact same show. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it goes off the rails. There's like giant Givers and gods and oh my God, alien I've got, invasions. I've got, I've got to start reading the manga. Okay, um, I'm going to do a review. Oh, yeah. I'm going to review two things. You're going to review one thing. Well, I'm going to review the last of us and the first two, the last two episodes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Got to get in the mode. I'm unhappy. Plant monsters are chasing us, and I can't even eat them. Um, all right. So, last of us episodes three and four. No, sorry, uh, four and five. So last week we reviewed it. There was lovely romance. We're back to the status quo this week in the Last of Us because Joel and Ellie are on the bloody run. Who are they on the run from? They're on the run from a group of maniacs that have taken over one of the zones that was previously Fedra controlled. So the military that came into power and sort of kept things in in check, they're gone. It is fucking buck wild, mate. It is just anyone's game. And they have taken over and they've just gone mad. The reason they've taken over is 
previously, the people that lived there and the Fedra agents had like a, they had almost the same situations as Joel and um, Tess had back at their, back at Boston. They could trade with the guards. Oh, well, they weren't they? Yeah. Sort of they could trade with the guards and they could sort of make it work. And there was like an underground structure the guards were involved in. It was all very cool, very, all very clandestine. But at the same time, it, it was, people were aware and the economy was being was benefiting from, benefiting from it because there was still goods going in and out and the exchange of ration tokens. So there wasn't, you know, like an influx of, of fake ration tokens. It was real money being passed backwards and forwards between people. So the economy was still going. It just wasn't being taxed because you can't tax rations because I don't know how that work. <laughs> Again, financial advisor, but don't ask me how finances work. Um, so anyway, so um, they took over. They've gotten rid of Fedra. They hung all the people. They stabbed them a bunch of times, even though it looked like one or two stabbings would probably do it. There's one guy stabbed like 20 times. Actually, it's excessive. If you stab someone to death, it takes a lot of stabs. Yeah, I know, but you've got to remember, right? You've, Sometimes, you've if you, got, especially if you just go for the core. When you're on a lower calorie diet, hmm. you don't want to waste all that energy. Just a couple of stabs. And then, and they've got him strung around the neck on a rope and they're dragging him around. I'm like, the stabs, and then just drag him a bit. You know, don't stab him too much because you don't want to burn off those calories. Mm. You know, and nobody wants to get hench in the apocalypse, but you've got to be careful because you don't have as much food. There's less people, still not much food. Anyway, so, um, Joel and Ellie on the run from these people, they take out a few and then we meet two very interesting characters from the, from the game. Um, so one of them is I can't remember the names. Kratos from God of War. Kratos from God of War. Um no, it is It's gonna cross over with other Sony stuff. They're making a cinematic universe. I don't, I don't fucking like it. Um <laughs> gonna, be, gonna be the cinematic. <gasps> it's gonna be They're gonna They're gonna go to the Ape Escape land. It's gonna be the, Oh my god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Ellie, grab the neck, you're not immune to the monkeys. Oh my god. Uh, I'm just, just not good. So Henry and Sam are the two. So um, Henry is like Joel, looking after a young person. Um, but unlike Ellie, Sam is not immune. Um, oh, Sam, he's got a shit one then. Sam is his younger brother, who is also deaf. Yeah. Now, following a deal with Fedra to get some medication because Sam sadly had leukemia, Henry is now on the run because his his actions are what caused the Fedra agents to kill the leader of this group of people that had this underground training. So uh. where he's killed that person, that person's sister has risen up and she's been like, we're going to fucking take over, killed all the Fedra people. When's Melanie Linsky in it? That's Melanie Linsky. I like her. Yeah, she's, she's a great actress. She was in incredible in Le- Yellow Jackets. Two and a half that? men. What was that? She was in Two and a Half Men. The really bad comedy series. A lot. The really bad comedy yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, she's hot. No, but, I mean, and She killed Charlie Sheen. Did she? Yeah, she killed... Uh, oh, so she was the hero. Alluded to. So she was the hero. They had an argument at a train station. She may have helped him fall off the platform. So she was a hero in the story. Yeah. Yeah, because that guy was literally on top of the building where they filmed that with a machete trying to attack people. Mm. Ezra Miller. <laughs> no, no. No, they've got a different story they're telling. Oh. Um, by the way, did you watch that Flash trailer and think it looked good? Because I thought it looked like dog shit. Uh. Like, the only time I got excited was when it was Michael Keaton, and Michael Keaton was just doing memes and didn't realise what memes were. Um, anyway, sorry, back to the last one. So Henry and Sam, they meet Joel and Ellie at the end of episode four, and from that point forward, Joel and Ellie, again, is is furthering that <laughs> softening of Joel's 
harder edges, making him more palatable as a human being, making him open to the idea that maybe it's not just about survival, maybe it's about more, maybe there is more to life than just surviving and killing, even though he really seems to like killing. testing like his ideals that he already has pre determined in order to start caring for another person and if you're saying if this series is all about his his breakdown breaking down the preconceived notions he has about the world and learning to be a better human being you'd be absolutely correct and i'd say you've probably played the game masculinity is still very much at the forefront and misogyny is still very much at the forefront because this is still a story about a man being a man in a manly world with his daughter making sure his daughter's safe from all the violence say special because she's got some sort of special ability yeah some inane special ability that he did nothing to nurture or help. People are after. It's just completely by chance she has this, and they are now after her, and he just happens to have the skills. This all sound very familiar. To pay the bills. Yeah, I know you've seen... I You've already told me you've seen Schindler's List like 67 times, and you've seen this plot in Schindler's List as well. I get it. I know. In Schindler's List, Schindler is obviously Joel, and all the Jewish people are out. <laughs> that's... Look, this is a story that's... It's tell as old as time, Ant. Tell as old as time. I mean, you've seen it in Jesus's book as well, you know, where Jesus gets reprogrammed, sent back into the past, I'm all saying. and then looks after looks after the future freedom fighter John Connor, you know, with his elbow blades, and his acid blood. Religion would be so much better if they just didn't take themselves as seriously. If you had like a load of films where it was just that's where Satanism comes in. <laughs> Are we sponsored by Satanism? I guess once by the church Satan, I reckon. <laughs> you reckon? Yeah, I reckon. I reckon I could get them oh, on board with this hit podcast. The church of Satan. <laughs> oh, hell, Beelzebub. Our new, our new podcast sponsor. Fucking church of Satan, yeah. Yeah. Fucking, they're, they're a decent bunch of blokes. Um, I mean, they just want people, people. to learn. Most of the time. Um, anyway, so uh, episode five, Joel and Ellie, Henry and Sam have all teamed up. The idea is that Joel is going to use the knowledge that Henry has about the inner workings of the city to get them out of there. Because right now, Joel is being hunted because not only did the brother die at the hands of Fedra, they are also, you Ooh, know... There's a UK church of Satan. Whilst whilst Joel and Ellie were sort of protecting themselves after, trying, after an attempted ambush by this group that have now taken up this village, they are now trapped. So they're all trying to work together to get out. And we get a really nice little nod to the game. Um, I recently replayed part one in the lead up to the series because I was excited for the series. And there's a particular story that I didn't pay a ton of attention to the first time I played it in 2013, um, where you go into this underground sewer system and there are people who have set up like a small community there. And they have like a set of rules to keep them safe. And you've got one of the people that you sort of, you find their boat on the... Mate, they've got a set of rules. They've got a very specific set of rules and skills. Is one of them like cleaning your room? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah 12 simple rules to yeah. dating my incel daughter. <laughs> um, so there's a boat that you find that is shored and you find a letter on there and it's this guy named Ish who's like basically gone, okay, well, I've been on my boat for as long as I can hold out. I've run out of food. I'm going to go to shore. And uh, he goes to shore and he finds like where he's where he's beached, he finds like a drainage system. And he follows that down and he finds out that there are a load of like areas that can be locked um, and it's just like a fairly easy to fortify area. And he sets up his own little like place where he's going to live and he starts collecting food and he just, he makes like this little environment and eventually starts trading with people about the close town that's, that's not far from him. Trading for food, trading for supplies. 
Um, and uh, and he invites them to like join him in this place, and they build like this little community. And there's like kids' drawings everywhere, and there's like notes, and like you you find more and more information. And then you you as you travel through that, you you read about the downfall as well. And in the in the series, they've got one of the one of the uh, they've got the exact same draw, drawing that you find in there, which is of Ish and another character that are like um, the protectors. So they're wearing like these stolen like police um, riot gear suits. And they're like, they set this like place up and they've got like school areas and things like that. And you just, as you go through these areas, you read these notes and it gets darker and grimmer and horrible. But you find one of the drawings from the game. You see it in the, in the actual episode. Oh, do they say that I recognize this from the game? There you go. They go, ah. And then a prompt comes up and it says, T, uh, T, triangle to put down, yeah. circle to take. Or you can flip it around. Yeah. And you use your TV remote control. You've got to look on the other side. You've got to look on the other side. And you're like, ah. Anyway, um, there's a headline here says the Church of Satan is underwhelmed. Um, what do you think that's in regards to? I don't know. Tell me. Um, Sam Smith's unholy Grammy performance. It underwhelms, wasn't unholy. It was a person. Underwhelms latex. the Church of Satan. Oh, what do they think about Little Nas S's? I think they probably uh, think he's kind of alright, but could try harder. I imagine. Yeah, yeah probably. Do you remember when Ryan Reynolds was Satan for those Mint Mobile commercials? Was he? Yeah. I don't know if it was actually Ryan Reynolds or if it was like just produced or directed by him, but they were pretty good. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so, um, so they all team up, they're trying to escape, and it's sort of like them dealing with not only this small militia that's chasing them, but also a potential another threat that we, we, that we see in the first of these two episodes in episode four. There is a sinkhole that is developing, and it looks like where the mushrooms, where the cordyceps infected people were pushed out of this sewer system. So we do see that that was once a refuge and it's been cleared out by Fedra. Where they've been pushed out, they may not have been killed. They may have been driven into the into the actual sewer system below the city that is now where these people have just taken over. And so when the big battle begins, one of the trucks goes into this into this house and just so happens to puncture the sinkhole where it's like weakening the surface mm. and all of the infected come out. And we uh, see a fucking pretty great action scene uh, where it's just like, basically in the games, it's very much a case of these are like traditional zombie rules. Is this going to be like the games where just other people fuck things up all the time? Yeah. And if they weren't around Joel and he would just have a nice peaceful walk? Pretty much, man. And probably never learn anything. They'd never learn a lesson. He'd just give her up and be like, Who's going to play the pedo? Which one? Oh, the leader of the wolves. Yeah. The, well, the, the, the cannibals, isn't he? He leads the cannibal people. think they're going to get Nolan North to play him? Yeah. I think it's a Walton Goggins role. Walton Goggins is a lovely guy. Or John Hawks. Steve Ogg. No, John Hawks. Steve Ogg. Steve Ogg. Yeah. Nah, John Hawks. they got Steve Ogg in there somewhere. Oh, Timothy Oliphant. Really throw people for a yeah. loop. Be like, I kind of agree with him. Just like in a show where Pedro Pascal plays a guy who's taking a young magical child um, on a journey uh, that people are after and then he meets Tim Fiolifant along the way just like yeah, that yeah. The Last of Us yeah The Last of Us, the yeah. last of us. Yeah. you're talking about The Last of Us yeah, yeah. what yeah. other show would there be do you think Pedro Pascal should like try a different role he's what have you is there a prequel series to The Last of Us what are you talking about what no, other no, series no, is no, Pedro no. Pascal in what other series is Pedro Pascal in where he Narcos? looks after a small child Narcos and they bond. NCIS. Talk about Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Fucking where it grants everyone wishes. <laughs> no. Does he have wishes? Mandalorian, you fucking idiot. I don't know what you're talking about. Mandalorian. What is the Mandalorian? 
The Mandalor- this is a fucking it's a TV show. You can watch it. It's a TV Plus. show about right, what? You should check it out. Are we sponsored by Disney Plus? Where's the Mandalorian? Try. Do you think they're related to the Church of Satan? Yeah, maybe. What is where's the Mandalorian? Not the Mandalorian. Yeah. It's the one with Padre Pascal. Uh, is he playing Joel? Yeah, the guy playing Joel. Oh, okay. In in the Mandalorian. Yeah. That sounds like a foreign thing. Is he like Spanish? Yeah. Pedro Pas- Pedro Pascal is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's why Joel speaks with that Spanish accent. Espanol. <laughs> the whole way through. Hola, mi amo Joe. No habla inglés, señor. Joe, we need you to transport Ellie. See, Ellie is <laughs> not fucking getting through. Maybe you understand. Maybe we write it down. No, no habla inglés. <laughs> the Italian transport. <laughs> He's Spanish, not Italian. Spanish He's racist. Trans- <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so there's a big shootout. And we, we get to see something really nice, um, something that we don't really see in the video games. Because the video games, again, it is just standard zombie rules. So it's headshots to take them down. You know, you can slow them down by getting them in the kneecaps or in the shoulder and sort of just get them to stagger a bit. In this, they are going toe-to-toe against these fucking infected. And these are like later stage infected. They're not like just people that have been bitten recently. These are like the ones with the old crusty sinuses breaking out of their faces with big old mushroom no. plates and like as they're firing the bullets are just dust is just coming off of these mushrooms that are being impacted it's like it's like oh shit yeah I forgot those are armour plates that are developed by the cordyceps to stop people shooting them in the head and it's just like it's the way that they they are just both of them are like getting a lot of casualties but they are being eviscerated by these creatures that are no longer human and they not don't have spores and stuff in this they thing. don't know uh, they, instead when they get bitten they've got tendrils that like sort of basically just curl round out of their mouth into the mm. wounds um, it does mean that it's faster as well whereas the spores yeah, like, took a little while I know you get tension too. with the spores you get the you get the whole wearing the mask sneaking yeah. around but I careful. think that's kind of the problem. You get Pedro Pascal, handsome, handsome man. And, and you wouldn't want to cover his face up no. for a role, no. No, you don't want to... I mean, no, especially in a role where he's looking after a child. Especially if they get three yeah. seasons of this. Like, can mm. you imagine if they've got three seasons of a show with Pedro Pascal, like a headline act, yeah. and you just put him in a mask the whole time? That'd be ridiculous, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, who would do that? What kind of a fucking moron would make that show? Especially considering Pedro Pascal, quite a hot man. You know, why would you put... Potentially, he could have won Sexiest Man of the Year at some point. I don't know. I don't follow those sorts of things. In a fucking mask for three seasons. I can't think of anyone stupid enough to do that. Uh, I can't think of a series that would be successful if that was the idea. Anyway, so yeah, back to the last He was in Game last. of Thrones. Yeah, he was, he was um, thingy. Um, Eb- Ebron, uh, Eb- Embron or whatever it was. I fucking can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's the one who takes down the mountain. No, what are the mountains? There's no, like no. There's eight the people hound. Playing. There's the hound. There's multiple people playing. There's the hound and there's the mountain. Mm. The mountain gets killed by Pedro Pascal, and then dark magic is used to revive him. Mm. Yeah, Pedro Pascal kills him, but then Pedro Pascal does get his face caved in by the mountain. So, oh. Anyway, back She's to the Last of Us episode five. It's great. I loved it. I had a good time. Um, obviously, if you have played the game, you know what happens. I won't spoil it here. I'll just say these two episodes are companion episodes, so it probably would have made sense if they were released at the same time. They weren't because of the superb owl. So instead, they were released. One was on Friday and one was last Sunday, or one was last Friday and one was the Sunday before. I can't fucking remember. I'll tell you what, Pedro Pascal's got a long history of being in one episode of lots of shit TV shows. He played Dio in NCIS. Have you ever seen that? He was in an episode of Touched by an Angel. Have you ever seen... 
Pedro Pascal as Dio in NCIS. No. That's our thumbnail. You're going to fucking love it. Anyway, yeah. um, Last of Us. It's still oh, good. Oh, shit. He did a voice in um, Downtown. I love that cartoon. Downtown. Yeah, Downtown da, 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 was great. It's, da, 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 it's a cartoon da, da, da. from the late 90s. It's set in the same universe as Megas XLR. Bizarrely. What? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Fucking, uh, Goat. There's a character in, in Downtown called Goat. Who's the guy, the mechanic dude? No, yeah. In the pe- one who works in med- the junkyard. Yeah. He's, oh, sweet yeah. ass. Um, Megas XLR, great series, has a Bruce Campbell cameo in it, and he essentially plays Multiple Modoc. Episodes. He's um, he plays Modoc, doesn't he? He's like a big-headed dude, sort of. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Magnan- um, magnanimous. The Last of Us, Mega Man really news, fucking good. And also, great news, they've got a season two. And if they don't have spores, I don't know how they're going to have one of the best scenes from season two in this series because there is a thing where Ellie takes down someone, drives her, like basically just pushes her further and further into this hospital. And eventually, they get to a point where it's just like the patients. I, I think I think they're just going to make a whole bunch of shit up and bridge the gap between the first and yeah. second game. Anyway, because that's how you get, get five fucked, seasons. Get fucked, you pessimist prick. Um, and your review. You've got you've got four or five years before everyone becomes too expensive to keep on the show. Well, I mean, like you've got a face like Pedro Pascal. You could potentially get him in the show less if you got a body double that could wear like a gas mask. When's he going to be in the Marvel? When's he going to be in a Marvel? He hasn't been in a Marvel yet. He hasn't been in a Marvel yet. Uh, who could he play? Who could he play at? Moon Knight. He could play Moon Knight? Yeah. He could play an Egyptian person? You think an Hispanic person yeah. could play an Egyptian person? Yeah. You fucking racist. <laughs> you Imagine you, that if they cast a Spanish Can you imagine if Disney person? had the ghoul to hire someone... Oh, just... How many Egyptian actors can you think of? How many do I need to think of? Who's that guy from 300, the bad guy? Xerxes. Xerxes in there. Xerxes, yeah. Xerxes. The seven-foot-tall man who painted himself gold. Yeah. Hello, I am Xerxes. But there's that guy in that film who's all hunchback and shit. And he's all like... And he's one in Xerxes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 Why did they make him look like Clint Howard? Because Clint Howard, you know, he had the role, and then he got busy. Huh. <laughs> so he got busy doing House of the Dead, so like, we need someone to put on the Clint Howard's costume. And like, well, the only way we could get someone broken and creepy enough is prosthetics and CG. They need to put him in stuff as a joke more. What, Clint Howard? There was that brief period where you'd just turn up in stuff as a joke, wouldn't he? Yeah, like the classic movie starring Alfonso Ribeiro like uh, Tix. Tix, oh, Alfonso Ribeiro. Yeah, and Seth Green. Oh, God. And who was the dad... Who played the dad in uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV series? He died recently. Not Rick Moranis? Not Rick Moranis. Yeah, that's the guy, that's the guy who died recently. Who's <laughs> in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. He was also the dad in 30 Rock. In 30 Rock? Yeah. How many dads are there in 30 Rock? I don't know. You fucking like the show. You tell me. Peter Scolari. Peter Scolari? Scoli- yeah. Peter Scoliosis? Yeah. Have you been watching Real Manor? Thinking of Furry Rock? No, I haven't. No, no yeah. you're not started watching. I'm waiting that. for the. I'm waiting for all episodes to be out. Yeah. So I can just, you know. Yeah, binge it. Yeah, binge it. Yeah. You know, it's the kind of thing where I don't want to wait for the drama. Yeah. I want to just drama cascade. I'll see if Olivia wants to watch. It with me. <laughs> hey, I know this relationship is fairly new. Let's watch Milf Manor. <laughs> So what's Milf Manor, you may ask? Well, Anne's referring to a TV show in which ten women... It's a fucking genius concept. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care how many people think it's trashy as all hell. 
This is like one of the best trashy concepts for a TV show ever made. Let's take ten women with their adult sons. I think how much they're going to hate each other. It's fantastic. It's just... It's... I'll tell you what would be good. Right? A bunch of white supremacists. Yeah. Right? Get team men. It's all it's gonna be men. Yeah. Um and they have to try and romance a bunch of like like socialist left wing just modern people. <laughs> they have to become modern just human decent beings. Decent human beings. <laughs> and we should see who sells out. <laughs> Fucking From KKK to OK, OK, OK. OK go. No, no. I was almost tricked into that as okay, well. K-O. So from KKK to OK. And that could be the name of the dating show. And it's it's five white supremacists who need to become normal people and convince women that they are normal people and not just be that scene from um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Dennis is trying to date all <laughs> Trying to date multiple women. And it's just like all of them reject him. <laughs> You're a fucking creep. Um, okay, Last of Us, episodes four or five. Yeah, uh, it, it continues to be great. Um, I think I gave... Tom Atkins before I just going to continue being a Tom Atkins because uh, overall it's been a fucking great show um, I'm really enjoying it um, but yeah if you played the game it's kind of redundant because the game's done a lot of this stuff in the exact same way quite well the only time that they've really fleshed things out a bit more is sort of in backstory to these characters you, you sort of meet along the way they should get through the game story and then just have like multiple episodes of like multiplayer <laughs> <laughs> Feel the don't worry I'll respawn in the next match. Wait, what? Your review, Anne. Ellie, you got to get the flag to the other end. <laughs> Ellie, like, the only did way... you capture the flag in Last of Us? No, I didn't I play Last of Us. I never played it. Player. I never played the Moy player. Anyway. Um, I had a life then. I don't have anything to review, really, so... Oh, just get on with it and start talking about some Super Sentai box. I haven't got any Super Sentai box. You say that, but you're going to review a Super Sentai Not thing. this week. All right. Yeah. Um, I got some new Legacy Transformers. Yeah, go for it. All right, so I've got Legacy Velocitron Speedia 500, Victory Galaxy, Victory Universe Galaxy Shuttle. You're expecting me to make a joke. Is that the full name? You're expecting me Can to make a joke. You know the big box over there? No! Really it's got the name on it. The blue one on the top. Will they put us the full name on this fucking thing? Right. Right, so it's Transformers Legacy Velocitron Speedia 500 Collection. Victory Universe Galaxy Shuttle. What's that? What have you got there? A little comic in my in my peanut butter cups. No. Uh, Pip and Nut, we never use palm oil. Ever. It's a leading course of rainforest deforestation, and it's high in saturated fat. You'll never find it in one of our products. Why do we have to put palm oil in our products? Loads of others do, I guess. Yeah. But why, says sarcastic cat face. Because, um... Shut the fuck up, Anne, and talk about your, your You're Palm Oil a bonding agent. No. 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 Anyway, Galaxy Shuttle. Yeah. Right, I missed out on getting Astro Train in the Siege line. That figure's now a bit more expensive to get. Yeah. Right? And I like Astro Train. I have the G1 Astro Train over there somewhere. He's sort of hidden right now. There's too much other figures over there. And I've got a repaint of Astro Train from Titan's Return. It's a good figure. But um, this one, everyone was like, yeah, this one's really good. So I got it. I got the Galaxy Shuttle repaint of him. Would you say that this is appropriate for children not to, uh, starting at the age of three? I wouldn't give it uh, a bit difficult. It says zero to three sad onions on the They'd back. They probably like. hurt themselves. Like, for seven, for eight years plus. They say eight years plus on the front. 
Yeah, but that's guidelines. On this, they've got like the safety actual red. thing. Oh, it means a three year old's not going to choke on it. Anyway, Galaxy Shuttle in Transformers Victory. Don't try and swallow it though. In Transformers Victory, Galaxy Shuttle turns into a shuttle, right? Yeah. And he's best friend to this lad here, one of the friends of Victory Saber. Okay. Of Star Saber, right? One of his buddies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he's a bit of a character from the same line. I've got characters. He's a bit from... of a character, is he? He was designed to work with the Micro Masters that were around in the nineties originally. Yeah. But this new one isn't. Because rather than make a new figure that interacts with the Micro Masters, they just like repainted Astro Train and gave him a head that looked like Jazz's. You know Jazz the car, the cool car one. And now he turns into a train as well. Oh sweet. He didn't turn into a train before. What does he become? A shuttle. And a train. And a train. It's a triple changer now. So, wait. Okay, uh, this may be me showing my ignorance because shapes aren't oh, my... Oh, that'd, diff- that'd be a change. Yeah. Shapes aren't my, sh- um, aren't my strength, if I'm honest. But isn't the difference between a train and a shuttle shape the wings? I mean, sort of. I mean, it, there's a lot more to it. Oh, is there? Yeah. Like there's... how? So Is like... the minigun exclusive to the shuttle or does the train have a minigun as well? Actually, he comes with a container... Um, and when you open it up, um, there is many guns inside it. Also, he has additional guns. Yeah, this is also like a landing platform for is the he, show. Is he an Autobot or a Decepticon? He's an Autobot. So why does he need so many weapons of war? Well, he doesn't, but he was repainted from Astro Train, and Astro Train had a lot of guns. So oh, okay. So that's why he's got a lot of guns, because <laughs> um, minimal effort. To be honest, you know, hope for peace, prepare for war. Yeah, yeah. but it, they've they've painted it in the colours of the MicroMaster rocket base, which actually goes with my um my Skylinks. For That's anyone who good. doesn't know, who hasn't visited Ant's room right now, it's a bit like um it's a bit like a scene from a horror movie where someone's toy collection is getting ready to kill them because they are wall to wall transformers. Not me. I've given them a home. No, I know, I know. They they like you, um, and sadly for them, I have ferrets. So my unholy army of the night will destroy them. But at the same time, it is a little unnerving. Like, when it's dark, does the light ever, like, come in and then, like, just slowly pass over each Transformer's eyes? No. No, okay. No, none of the ones with light piping anyway. There's, like... Um... Light piping? Yeah, light piping. Is it as opposed to heavy piping? No. <laughs> I know you like a heavy piping. I love it. When the pipette gets the right size spigot and I can ice a cake really quick... No, light piping is when a character, a toy, I don't have any examples here. None of the ones I have here have light piping. Why is Spider-Man petting an elephant? Because I like the pose he's in, and it just so happens that his arm's touching the elephant. It's like he's gracefully... And that's Ironhide. So friggin' show some respect. that's Ironhide. That's Beast Wars Ironhide. Why is Spider-Man gently caressing Beast... Beast Star's Ironhide? Beast Wars. Beast Wars Ironhide. Because I like that pose Spider-Man's in. Yeah. It's authentic to his tokusatsu. He's also teabagging an eagle right now. Because the eagle won't stand up. <laughs> it falls over very easily. I took them apart because they're, they're a combiner. And I was like, I'm going to do a review of these. And then I never did it. So Spider-Man's teabagging an eagle whilst petting a lion. Yeah. Uh, petting an elephant, sorry. You know what, right? I always thought that Spider-Man was a bit disrespectful to animals, but seeing that, I'm like, he knows how to treat animals. He's got a lot of respect for animals, especially that dog that saves his life in the car, in the show. 
um, Ricky, the dog. In the 70s one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Dog saves the day. Like, well, um, you said you weren't going to talk about a tokusatsu thing, but that's surprising. You brought it up. All right. Anyway, your review of the spaceship train. It's really good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Some of the joints are really scarily tight, though. Which You um, know what? It looks like it could quite easily be the hilt of a sword. It can't be the hilt of a sword. No. Not with that attitude, it fucking can't. But there was... um. It's been Transformers that turn into swords. Like actual swords? Yeah. Um, actually, Star Saber... Yeah. Right. When they he did has Transformers, Saber in his name. When they did Transformers Armada, he's, well, he's the galaxy's greatest sword fighter. Oh. Um, when oh, they did oh. Transformers Armada, they reused the name for a group of minicons. They combined together into the Star Saber. If he's the like, if he's all right, if he's the galaxy's greatest sword fighter, he's very big. Why does he need those big guns? Um, well, actually, the, most of the guns belong to Leo thing here but they're awkward to hold so it's easier to put them on 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 Star Saber okay. yeah just convenience really I feel like some um, of these questions are silly but then I ask them and I realise these are quite sensible questions yeah. anyway there's the shuttle oh cool sweet for anyone who can't see this it's a shuttle it's quite a good one I mean yeah there's. A- I'm going to say this right now I don't think this area is protected for you know interstellar travel but I like that I, I protecting, think- protecting what from asteroids that's his legs. That's his legs. What's that back part then? That. That's his stomach. All right, yeah, you want to protect that, mate. Well, that's where the guns come in. What does Transformers eat? Energon. <laughs> Where's Energon? It's like an energy source. So do they, like, eat it, eat it? Or? They can drink it. They can just, you know... How often they do they need to consume it? Whenever they feel like it, really. Whenever, they're t- whenever they need some Energon. Depends how much they've been busy, you do know. Do they sleep? Um, they can knock themselves down in status. Do they do stuff, they generate so. energon if they're sleeping? No. Oh. So their life is entirely based on something that they need to purchase or steal. Well, they just uh, refine it. They refine it. Yeah. So it's but they, so it's not a naturally occurring thing. Yeah, sort of. Well, Cybertron they, had some, but they started using it all up. It, it, it's how do they survive? Any as a source species? of energy you can get oh, it from. Okay. So it's, energon is just a catch-all for essentially energy. Yeah. Okay. Why did you fart? <laughs> I didn't. That was my... I was consuming Energon. Yeah. <laughs> so Energon... So wait, so they could like take a battery and be like, oh, there's a hit of Energon. Yeah, that's good. not going to do fuck all for a friggin... Natural resources tend to give them oh, like Energon, oil. which is why they so like they, Earth so much. So if they drink oil, they get so why, why do the Decepticons were like, we are, are they combustion-based? taking Earth. They, um... In the last spot standing, a bunch of them start eating people. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, could they, could they drink like... So you take radioactive waste. That contains energy. Would they be able to drink that? They could do all sorts of stuff, man. Oh, just solve right? the energy crisis. We just need some Transformers. Yeah. Just, um... What that, do they excrete? That Megatron. What do they, like, pee and poo? I don't think they do. They use everything! I mean, they They're a highly of... efficient species. I mean, I guess they probably give off pollution or something, but... And we spoke about this on a previous episode, but they don't procreate. They can't. It depends on what continuity you're talking about, you oh, know. okay. Um, so there's like there's probably transformer porn out there, yeah. I mean, there might be. Who knows, man? I mean, it's there's a lot of everything out there to be honest. Incognito term. <laughs> I mean, there was Kiss players. There was that what? was a whole thing. What were Kiss players? So in 2006, the Transformers movie was meant to come out, but it didn't. It got delayed by a year. So Japan was like, well, we need something else. So they did Kiss players. 
And in 2006, that was the only new piece of Transformers lore where um, the Transformers kissed little girls and um, there's, there's tentacles coming out of... Is Strongarm a female Transformer? Uh, sometimes. Okay, yeah. In this video, she is. Clobber, Clobber's a good one. I like Clobber. And so Lugnut. it looks like they can procreate. In fact, I mean, one of these Transformers has called itself an Autobot because they like to have anal fucking, sex. I just, I went on, I just looked at, you, you said that they procreate, so I put, I put in Transformer sex. Can Transformers get pregnant? Not in the way we do. No. They need a conjunctsendura. After the creation of Primus, early Transformers could reproduce using a mitosis-like ability, forming energised liquid metal. Yeah, it's best to not worry about that one. That one's a bit weird. We don't do that one. Well, once Primus deemed the population was high enough, he wiped this ability from their memory. Good. Primus is... Uh, Good. Because it was bad. Oh, this anyway, is, he's, this a train, quite... he's a train now. Oh, yeah, look, there you go. This is quite a passionate answer to a question here. Um... Why do Transformers have genders? And someone has responded in all caps, Transformers have no gender! <laughs> yeah, that person get fucked. In universe, it could be because they were programmed with genders to make them feel natural to organic species who might interact with them. The general consensus with it is, after once you get past Simon Furman's weird stuff that he did because he didn't like the idea of them having genders, um, was just like, you know, they travel the galaxy and they meet a lot of different species and, you know, some things just seem to fit better than others. Maybe maybe some of them just feel like being a she's more natural for. So this is one underneath one of those videos about Transformers and sex. Is Optimus Prime a guy or a girl? It turns out Optimus Prime is not a male. It's probably asexual. Not right? in a biological sense. No, but I mean, probably but they are gendered. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless you're Simon Furman, in which case you create a story where. You um, have a random transformer go be forced through a biological nightmare of being forced into a female body by a mad scientist. Oh yeah, that happened, because didn't Simon it? Furman was like trans people are are abominations. What a fucking gross human being he is. Yeah, they tried to retcon it later. They sort of said that Marcy um, sort him out, sort out the. Ironhide has a girlfriend, and then like. They find another planet that's just got loads of female Transformers. Like Windblade and Chromia and all that. The thing is, the people who moan about, oh, they can't have female robots. The very first like few episodes of the series have female robots in them. Get fucked. So, do Transformers have nipples? There's another question on here. Pretenders do. And apparently people know a lot about Transformers on porn sites because one says one Thunderblast even has visible nipples. Hmm. Now, I don't know if Thunderblast is one of the characters from the porn universe. I think Trans- Thunderblast is something that happens when I'm on the toilet. Well, you know, they aren't... They no, aren't. but there are there are pretenders who have humanoid bodies. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Don't you remember the one in Transformers Revenge of the Fallen? The lady that um, that was trying to... The, um, trying to seduce oh Sam Witwicky yeah and then she's like Wicky. a robot she's meant to be a pretender are you ladies man 2069 anyway I turned him into a spaceship what are you into a, sh- into a train what are you doing now is that your review done I get I mean it was just a filler thing because I didn't I've only got two other things so oh, okay we got to get to the good stuff later we anyway, have gotta in. get to the good stuff later good stuff good stuff later 
I can't attach this block to the back of it and it turns So I watched a movie, movie. Ann. Did you? I watched a new movie. No, you didn't. I did. I watched a new movie called Infinity Pool. Oh, that sounds terrible. It was directed by David Cronenberg's son. Oh, I know which one. Yeah, yeah, and it stars Alexander Skarsgård yeah. and Mia Goff and Udo. No, not Udo Kiel. Who's the other guy? Not Stig. That's the one who played fucking the um, Stig. No, the guy who played. Um, who's the guy with the monocle in Age of Ultron? With the monocle? Yeah, the bad guy, Nazi dude. Uh, Andy Circus. No, it wasn't Andy Circus. that was Claw. Oh. Hello, little girl, would you like a sweetie? Oh, Baron von Strucker. Yeah, yeah Thomas Kirchman. Yeah. Anyway, Baron uh, von Strucker? Yeah, he played Baron von Strucker. He was... What's he his was. face in Civil War? Yeah, that was him. Oh, oh, he's Baron Zemo. Baron Zemo you're thinking of, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, so um, uh, in Infinity Pool... It's about a pair of tourists who go away to this foreign country that's not specified where it is, um, and they accidentally kill someone when they're on a drunken night out. Um, and in Standard. this country, the law is that if someone, if you if you hurt someone, um, if you murder someone, if you kill someone, the punishment is that you are then put to death at the hands of their firstborn child. Um, but. If you're insanely wealthy, as a lot of the people that visit this this beautiful island nation are, mm. um, you can you can pay to have a clone take your place at the execution. So they still get to murder someone as per their mm. as per their law, but it is a clone of yourself. And Alexander Skarsgård goes through this process. He accepts the punishment. And he says, "Okay, I'll pay to have a clone take my place." The cost is money, and you have to watch your clone be murdered. Other clones like um, they are an exact duplicate of your memories, right? Up to they're the not point. like sort of Matt Damon-y. What do you mean, Matt Damon? No, no, no. They're full-on human beings. Oh, they're completely developed to the point that you are. They're not like cloned. Just slow. No, they're not slow. They aren't born with like less memories. It has to be an exact duplicate of you. Yeah. For the punishment to be fair. Okay. Um, and what happens is essentially Alexander Skarsgård. After this happens, is asked a question. That is, how do you know? that your clone was the one that they put to death and you're not the clone. And that sort of breaks his brain. And he finds a group of people that have also been through this process. And they treat it almost as like violence tourism. So they go there knowing that essentially... What's the cloning process? They don't actually show it too much. Like they oh, because like, that would give it away. Because like you'd remember being jabbed with a needle and then think things that happen after that before the clone you're comes you're made unconscious so you're put to you they put you they make you they take you they put you under oh. and then they clone you oh. and then he's introduced to his clone unconscious? who is just like a face and there's like a latex thing it's just his face poking out and his clone is just like developing yeah. um anyway so um alexander skarsgård's like brain kind of breaks and he joins this group of people. So he tells his wife, oh, I've lost my passport. In reality, he's hidden it. And he joins this group of people, including Mia Goff and her partner, who are sadistic tourists. And they go there specifically to commit violent acts, knowing that they can pay to get out of it and not have to actually deal with the ramifications. They just have their clone take take the punishment. Oh. Um, if you're rich enough, you don't even need a clone. Just pay. <clears throat> I'm gonna. I'm just going to say, I'm, I'm going to ask you now. Yeah. Right? Do you know what themes and potentially a metaphor are? <laughs> what the fuck are you Look, man. <laughs> so this this film is very clearly about, about... subtext here? <laughs> this film is very clearly about several different things all merged into one story. It's about like what tourists do to places when they visit and how they, 
they take and take and take, infuse a bunch of their own money into it, but they think that they justify what they take through their money they're giving to this nation. And often that money isn't going to the people because we find out like the, the character that's played by Thomas Schwartzman is a German dude living in this what seems to be um, sort of Eastern European area. And he is the one in charge of the cloning process. He's the one who communicates with them. And more than likely, he is the one benefiting from that money. It's not going to those people. It's going to him. And potentially some of the workers might receive pay for working with him in this in this lab. But more than likely, that money is not going to touch the people that are actually affected by the crimes these people are doing. And that is interesting to me. The other thing as well is that you can look at it as sort of like, um, someone trying to trying to go through the process of like explaining what you know how the founding of America occurred, how we treated people that were indigenous to an area that we just went to violently committed these horrible acts and then inserted versions of ourselves into it to say, oh look, it wasn't them that did it, but they'll take the punishment, they'll take the responsibility for what's happened. Pilgrims, These surrogates, pilgrims are clones. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, cloning is cloning is meant to be a metaphor <laughs> for reproducing, for creating more of these almost entirely similar creatures, and yeah. in this environment, even if they suffer at the hands of those that you've wronged, you can still create more of these clones, mate. It's it's crazy the levels you're missing out on in some films. <laughs> <laughs> What's a metaphor? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I've never met her. <laughs> for explaining things. No, no. Can... I've never met her. You say, well, what's a metaphor? <laughs> I've never met her. Um, that's terrible. That's a worst fucking joke I'm ever going to tell in my life. Um, but no, the film is film is is kind of trippy and weird and like there is a lot of that Cronenberg-esque element to it, the body horror. Like they wear these masks when they commit acts. And the masks look like deformed flesh that has been like tormented and twisted. And it's almost like that's a representation of how they actually appear inside these, these twisted, horrible beings that present, they present as, as glamorous and, and attractive humans. But in reality, they're these twisted, horrible monsters. And they have to embody that when they commit these acts and when they see themselves being murdered and tortured. And you find as well that the actual cloning process and all the other stuff that's happening, it's, horribly corrupt and they are themselves able to access it and at one point they have um they have alexander skarsgård as initiation they drug him up on this hallucinogen and they have him kill a clone of himself with his bare hands they're like offer him a knife and he's like i won't kill him i won't kill him and they've got like this feral version of himself they've been torturing since he's arrived on the island and they drug him up as well and they just go kill him or we'll kill you and he has to like beat this fucking version of himself that's been tortured horribly this 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 creature that's that's you know just been brought into the world into complete violence and has been told you are the original and we're going to torture you and then send you into this and he just, is the original pun that's that's kind of like the whole point of the film is like uh, nothing can be trusted nothing can be trusted nothing is real <laughs> everything that you see even like they they even go as far as to show you this beautiful like resort that they stay at and all the stuff they've got to do and none of it's enough. They have to consume more and more. They have to take from the environment. They have to take from the people that are there. And it's just like, it's, it's dark and it's heavy and there's not really any, um, 
there's not anything really to grab hold to because you don't associate with any other people in there. They're I'd all very grab rich. hold of me a goth, to be honest. Um, they do. She breastfeeds him sweet. at one point. Like it's all fucked. And like like I said, it's all about reproduction. I can't it's all get about, a part in one of these. <laughs> it's it is all about reproduction. It's all about like like as I said, it's it's all in there. And it's a really interesting film to watch, but it is not a fun movie to watch. It's not like. Uh, the problem with David Cronenberg's son's films are that David Cronenberg made films that they, they, they were grotesque and they said a lot of shit about like cancer and the AIDS crisis, but you had like, you had really relatable storylines running for it. They had human characters and you've got things like, even in like The Fly, it's a romance story. You, there were two people that were in love in that story that are swept up in this disease that's ravaging one of them and they are begging for someone to still love them, even though they aren't human anymore they're getting further and further away from that in this it's just rich assholes being rich assholes and getting away with it no one pays a price Videodrome. videodromes about james wood's career should have ended after videodrome and the oh. fact it's continued is us being tortured by a david cronenberg film within a film no and debbie debbie harry's in there i like that and she goes call me um but yeah, uh, Infinity Pool. It's more interesting. It's more interesting than than you know I expect it to be. Um, but at the same time, like it feels so much like someone has copied David Cronenberg's work, but not re- realized what the important part was. And that humanity, those those strings of humanity in there. The other one did Possessor, wasn't it? Yeah, um, Possessor was really what was good. The one before that. Possessor was about the loss of humanity. Like that was the interesting thing is that character started off as human and it started off like kind of relatable and then they moved further and further away from that. In this, just no one feels relatable. Like no one feels like someone that you can, like the closest thing you've got to it is Alexander Skarsgård's wife and she does the smartest thing in the whole movie. She sees him come home like drugged up and sweaty and a complete mess after like orging it up with these fucking like pain terrorists or pain tourists, if you want to call them that. I'm being... Look at me making political statements on the fucking podcast, but you know, antiviral. Like, that's the one. Antiviral was good actually. Um, but uh, again, IMDb says five point seven out of ten. But again, so. antiviral and possessor both had like humanity in them. In this, there is none of that. I can't feel for these characters. I can't feel for these people. I don't. I don't want to watch them get away with this. And I know, like, the point <laughs> is that in real life they do get away with this shit, but like. Even so, like, at any moment in this film, Alexander Skarsgård doesn't need to go along with these people. If he really wanted to fight back against what was happening, he could choke the shit out of someone, anyone. Like, just kill a couple of these people. Just go for it. Even if you're going to die, do something good with your time. Stop these immortal fucking monsters from continuing to commit crimes and then just cloning their way out of it. Do anything to make you a redeemable character, but he just doesn't. He's just a fucking scumbag. Um, and it's not even like a fun scumbag. It's not like Goodfellas. What happened to... Ray Liotta? Liam Lynch. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Liam Lynch, the guy who did United States or whatever. Yeah, David Lynch's son, isn't he? Yeah, he, uh, he's a bad dude, mate. Is he David Lynch's son? Yeah, he's a bad dude as well. Not, not a good guy. I think it was kids. Uh, there's nothing on him in his personal life. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, I yeah. Um, just assume. Yeah. Infinity Pool. Uh, it's uh, it's a real Matthew Modine. It could be worse than that. I don't know yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sleep on and see how I feel but it's not great and your review it doesn't mention anything about Liam Lynch being David Lynch's son uh, maybe he isn't maybe he isn't how old is he now? 52 but he was a cool young rocker in no. the early 2000s 
when he did United States of whatever, that one song of his. Do you remember that song? Yeah. That one. Anyway, um, fucking uh, Metroid Prime Remastered. Yeah, go for it, yeah, go for it, go for it. Metroid Prime Remastered was surprise released just over a week ago, mm. wasn't it? It was a surprise. It was surprising. Um, Nintendo just were like, yeah, here it is. It's been rumoured for a while. It's just happened. Apparently 2 and 3 are going to come along, but they're not going to be full remasters. They're just going to be like ports put on Switch. Fine, whatever. <laughs> First one's the only one that anyone cares about. But um, this is a really good port. It's probably more of a remake than a port. It's like, it definitely plays and feels like it's built on exactly the same structure as the original. Like when you, if you put them up side by side, like everything lines up perfectly. It's not like the Dead Space one where they just kind of, you know, rebuilt the environments and changed a whole bunch of stuff to make it fixed. Didn't they try in the Dead Space remake? They tried to make it so the Ishimura was actually physically connected in every sense. It's yeah, it's a line now. Whereas yeah. before there were different sections you travelled. Well, apparently, the map on the original one would cl- would if you laid it all in place where it's supposed to be, it, it would like make sense. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, Metroid. It probably happens at Metroid Prime as well. But in this, they've like made sure everything is matching exactly where it was in the original. But like all the models are new, all the textures are new. Like it's all been completely redone. The lighting's redone. Um, there's a little bit of weird stuff. I noticed the the gun you fire doesn't light up the scenery like it did in the original. In what Dead Space? No, in oh, Metroid. Sorry. You fucking um, but no, it's it's fantastic. Um, they've given it modernised controls, and I don't think I can go back to the GameCube style controls. No, I don't think anyone this. can. They don't really um, work anymore. Yeah, it was weird because it didn't. He had the single stick thing going on, didn't it? It wasn't like, and you had the lock on to aim and all that. Um, but you can still do on this. You can still lock on if you want to. And there's a whole bunch of different control options. You can have like a hybrid style controls and stuff like that. But I'll stick to the main one. Um, but it, it's 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 more Metroid Prime. I friggin friggin loved it mm. so far. Um, I don't know how far I'm through it right now. I've been playing it for a, a few hours. I haven't got back to it for the past few days. Because um, I've been playing Slay the Spire again. But it's frigging great. Like Straight away, when you jump into that first opening section, like the bit on the space station, and like everything just looks like how your brain remembers it. Which is, like, I think, the key to a good remake sometimes. You don't necessarily want to completely make it look completely modern. No. Yeah, you want to make it look like how you remember it looking. Because part of it is a nostalgia thing when you play these things. You know, if you make it look too new and it look and it starts looking too much like a different game, it stops being that game you played years ago. You want it to still be that game and from years gone. Um, but what am I up to now? I've got the rocket ball thing. You know, the thing where you can boost the ball and shoot when you're in the morph ball. So you can shoot up the half pipes and everything. And I've uncovered the uh, Chozo Ruins place where it like tells you you've got to go find the 12 artifacts and all yeah. this, it gives you the clues to where they are and all that. I'm on my way there. I'm sort of like just milling around looking for stuff right now to, you know, trying to find a few extra things. I've got some powers now. Um, but no, they, they, the game runs super smoothly. Everything's like just as I remember it. I, like the first couple of hours of this game, I played quite a few times on GameCube because I kept forgetting where I was up to and restarting, which is probably going to happen on the Switch version. Um, but outside the early extra areas of the game, I know like the back of the ha- my hand, and I'm at the point now where I can't really remember exactly what I'm doing on it. Um, but now I've got to go to the ice area. I've, I've been to the ice area once and got some stuff. You've got to go back there and do some other things. Yeah. Um, cause it is a game where there's defined areas, but you're like 
sometimes you'll pass through one for a little while and on the way to the next area and then you'll come back around to it later so like you go through the magma caves area the hot area and you'll sort of work around sort of the outside edge of it to get to the ice mm. ice area which is where you have to go do a bunch of stuff yeah. but that will lead you back around into the magma caves in another area and you come back the ice area mm. has that really cool open bit as well where you've got the the glacial sides mm. and you have to do a bit of platforming there's all the floating platforms yeah. around there well when we get Metroid Prime 4 that was announced in 2017 something like that well it was after Shin Megami Tensei 5 yeah. we got that they ago. announced that Metroid Prime 4 redevelopment was being restarted in like 2019 didn't they no, that was, was that was not that long ago. It was. It was like 2019. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. They um, took the development off of whatever studio it was that was doing it and gave it back to Retro was Studios. It Ninja Theory or whatever it was? Um, no, no. It was, um, some Japanese studio was going to do it. Oh, I thought it was the same people that did Other M. That's freaking... That's not Ninja Theory. Platinum Games? Whatever it is. Ninja Theory is the one that did freaking DMC and all that. That's a British, a British developer. Yeah, I know. I thought they were doing that. Nin- no, yeah. uh, Ninja Gaiden guys. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. They, they, that Other M sucked. <laughs> yeah. Um... But no, they, they're just British boys from ages. This does feel a bit like they made this to sort of get to grips with the um, Switch and develop the engine they were going to use for Metroid Prime 4. Yeah. Because I think they want to make sure that Metroid Prime 4 feels like classic Metroid. Because um, 2 and 3, not many people really remember much about those ones. They're, they're sort of different games structurally in some ways. Metroid Prime 2 was shattered. Was it shattered? Dark Echoes. Dark Echoes. Yeah. Okay. And the third one was... A Metroid Prime Echoes or whatever it was. Metroid Prime 3 is Corruption, isn't it? Is no, it? 2 is Corruption, 3 is... Echoes. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't play much of those ones. Didn't even no, play no. the Wii one. Um, I had all three on the Wii U. I bought them when they went on offer for like a tenner. I never got around to playing them. Oh, you dumbass. Just play them now before they shut down the entire Wii U store. My Wii U's hacked, mate. It doesn't matter when they shut the store. I've got all the games. Yeah, they're going to put you in jail. I put them all on an SSD as well, so they run properly. Oh, my God, they're going to put you in jail. Going to put me in jail for playing Punch-Out and not having yeah. to worry about Nintendo load Nintendo will come for you. The ghost of Hiroshi Yamauchi will come and get you. I'll be like, I was in the garden, and I was having an adventure, and that's when I fought the Pig-Man 4, and you stole it from me, so I'm suing you. Come punch it, bitch. No, um, I like it. Music's great. Yeah, music is really good. Do, 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 do. All that music, all that yeah. stuff. And... um. I like when you turn into a ball and roll into things. That's pretty good. Kill the big flower. Oh, yeah? Yeah, fuck that flower up. Fucked him up. Um, if we're running around, like, you get used to how the speed you move, but that arena, the arena you fight the flower in is kind of big, and it makes you realise Samus doesn't move all that fast sometimes when it's a big Creed arena. is a good boss in that one, with the free spinning laser shields. Oh, that's, that's not Craig, that's just a... Um, Mutant thing. I thought it was a Kraid. No, nah, it's kind of like just this big mutant thing. With the yeah, I think it's a Kraid. It's know? not a Kraid. Kraid's a fucking lizard massive man. thing. Yeah, big lizard. He's a big thing. a big thing as well. He fires spikes at his chest and stuff. Yeah, I think that's what that does. No, it doesn't. It's not a Kraid. You scan it and it's just like a mutant friggin' thing. A mutant Kraid? Yeah. It's not Kraid. Kraid's probably in it somewhere. I can't remember. I've been friggin' ages. But, um, no. I... I I mean, I kind of want the physical release, but I went and got this download because I wasn't going to wait. Why would they do that to me? Why wouldn't they just give me the physical release straight away? It's a bit rude of them, really. Well, obviously, I played the director's cut of Metroid Prime because yeah. Craig's in the director's cut. Is he it? was a cut content. Yeah. yeah. I think that yeah. you've just played... You, you're just not a real fan. 
So yeah. you get to play that version. Yeah. Um, I have actually pre-ordered the physical copy because oh, yeah. I am a nerd and I can wait for things unlike some fucking people I know. What else am I supposed to do? For I don't know. Learn how to ride a fucking bike. <laughs> am I supposed to put a bike around here? <laughs> up your arse, and Up your fucking arse. Anyway, you review something. Oh, is that what I'm going to do? Yeah. Um, all right, I watched Puss in Boots 2. <laughs> is that only the second one? Yeah. I feel like this was it more. No, no, no. There's like a, there was like a cheap, shitty Puss in Boots that's not real. Oh. And it didn't have Antonio Banderas in it. Oh. This is like true blue Puss in Boots, and it is fucking phenomenal. This is, it's really fucking good, dude. It's not even a joke how good this is. So Puss in Boots, the sequel, starts with Puss um, fighting a giant. (laughs) Like, fighting this giant fucking... Like, literally like a kaiju. He's fighting a kaiju in the city. And and he takes him down. And then he gets hit by something that kills him. So a local doctor is like, Puss, how many times have you died? And Puss in Boots goes through the eight other times... Sorry, the eight times he's died. Including this one. Hmm. And... uh, and he essentially realises that he's used almost all of his nine lives up. Oh. So he can't go on adventures anymore. He's like worried that he's going to like die and then, you know, that's it. That's the end of it. And he, um, he, upon hearing this, goes and starts drinking at the local bar and comes into contact with a wolf that, that is like, like a bounty hunter, but like a very strong opponent that, that quite handily just beats the shit out of person, just goes like, no, nah, I'm done. You know, like, you are done. You are puss in boots, but you're fucking done, mate. Like, this is the end of it. You're pathetic. And Puss basically runs away. He's like, I've got to run away from this monster because he's going to kill me. Like, I'm terrified. And it's all like a metaphor for getting older and deaf. Again, again, there are multiple layers to cinema, people. And this is cinema. Puss in Boots is the height of cinema. Have we got confirmation from Martin, Martin Scorsese, Scorsese yet? <laughs> I still love the fact that someone put Morbius is the height of cinema, but Martin Scorsese and Tyrese retweeted it. He's like, thanks, Marty, baby. You understand? Um, but yeah, so Puss in Boots, yeah. So it, he runs away and he's running away from like, he's scared of getting older. He's scared of becoming like, becoming anything other than this legend that he is. Um, and he ends up and goes, goes going to live with a crazy cat. Someone tweeted, Martin Scorsese said the clowns lifted on cinema's future when he experienced Puss in Boots, the last witch. Really? <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so Puss is, Puss goes and lives with this old lady who uh, is like a crazy cat lady. And he just essentially goes into retirement. He's just like being looked after. He's just acting like a cat now, and he's no longer, no longer, uh, no longer a, a swashbuckling adventure. The Guardian gave it two out of five. Really? They yeah. get fucked. Um, Sequel no one wanted. Bastards. <laughs> you need to watch it. You'll really enjoy this because there's loads of like nice little like nice little hints at like other films, and then also they do have like a couple of like little Shrek moments in there, which is quite funny. Because um, they don't really acknowledge the fact that Puss in Boots is a character from the Shrek films. They're just like, nah, don't worry about it. They shouldn't. Don't worry about shouldn't it. Shouldn't acknowledge the Shrek um, films if at all possible. So anyway, Puss is Puss is in retirement when all of a sudden he is he he is tracked down by the by Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Yeah. Goldilocks played by Florence Pugh, and her parents play uh, the two bears, the Mama and Papa Bear, played by Ray Winston and Olivia Coleman. It's fucking such a good cast. You've got Antonio Banderas and you've got Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek plays Kitty Softpaws, his previous romantic partner and rival, attempting to steal 
the map to the last wishing star that John Mulaney's Big Tom, Big Tom Horner, who has now grown up and become a magic hoarding monster. Big Tom Horner. Yeah, that's the point. That's the point. Um, and like, so they go on this adventure to travel through a mystical land to go and get the, to go and get the star. And in like a really, really clever little like plot device, the map that they steal from, from John Mulaney's character, when a person touches it, their journey to go to the star. So their pathway is affected by that person's personality. So when, when, um, Person Boots presses it, it becomes like this nightmare fucking, like, magma filled, like, horrible area to, like, travel through. When Selma Hayek's character slaps down on it, it's just like, it's just like all water and, like, really terrifying things to cats. And then when they're little, like, they've got, like, a little dog friend that I think is played by the guy from What We Do in the Shadows who plays Guillermo. When he touches it, it's like the nicest walk ever. And it's like, it's like, I don't know. He's just like, he's mentally broke. He wears like a cat suit the whole time, pretending to be a cat. And he's a chihuahua. I need to check something, because like, I'm looking up the director, right? Yeah. And on Wikipedia, on IMDb, yeah. it says he did Puss in Boots, yeah. The Crudes, yeah. Trolls, yeah. and um, Hyperdimension Neptunia U. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it says he directed that. And I'm looking, and I'm not seeing... Not seeing the visual design. I'm not seeing any reference to it on Wikipedia yeah. or anything, um, or his career. So, so, and it's and it's just a swashbuckling adventure with all these great characters. Like they all have like things they want. The only person who has like a really evil vendetta is John Mulaney. He just basically wants he wants. Well, he's a villain in real life now, but he wants the star so he can wish to have all the magic is in the he? world. Yeah, he's hanging out with Dave Chappelle. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, Dave Chappelle. People was like it? John Mulaney. Yeah, they used to. Yeah. Um, so like he's hoarding all the magical items, and he just basically he's just going to wish to have all the magic. Like he's like fuck everyone else, I'm going to steal all the magic. Um, and uh, and Puss wants his lives back. Kitty Softpaws wants a partner she can trust because there's some other backstory that you find out about her and Puss in Boots. And then Goldilocks just wants her real family back because she's been basically. The, the bears have become her family. So, you know, like the free, the Goldilocks and the free bears. Instead of that story being that she's violently attacked at the end of the story, they just adopted her and took her as their own. And they're like this quite happy family unit. And like when she tells them, like, she's just, I just want, I just want my real family. I want a real family. And they're like, oh, you don't think we're a real family? And she's like, but I just, I need like, and like she can't really explain herself. And I think that, you know, she's very, she's been very driven by this idea and not looked into what she's got. And it turns out they've all got the thing that they always wanted. And Puss doesn't need multiple lives because he needs to just value the one he has. No. It's really good. I'd probably be happy if you had extra It's really... Lives, though, shut the fuck up. It's really good. And it's visually really interesting. Like, at first, I, I thought someone said that it was like stop motion, but it's not. It's like traditional 3D animation, like high quality... Oh, it does 3D. the thing loads of animated films done. It does the whole... Spy, um, Spider-Man. That's what it does, yeah. Spider-Verse. But, but the way it uses it is is better than most. So instead of it being like it's always used, only when there's action scenes. So mm. the action scenes are shot in that weird, like, slightly slow, slightly fast, like, mixed frame rate sort of thing. Yeah. So the background looks a bit more dynamic. And it's really cool looking. Especially, like, in this, there's a lot more, like, a um, lot more movement to it than you'd expect. It is a bit more like Spider-Man because there is that sort of 
dynamic element the cat's just flying around and like all the magic spells flying all over the place and stuff and it's just it's really fucking good um i really i just really enjoyed it i laughed him bussy yeah yeah whatever right? um the john mulaney has a team of a team of like subordinates yeah. they, they're called the baker's dozen and they've all got like cooking tools that are just violent tools to murder people with and it gets to a point where John Mulaney's trying to get like his cart over this little gap and he's got them all like holding on to each other so that they form a bridge and it gets like a couple of people in and they just completely collapses and there's one person left and he's like are you chatty and she just shakes her head and he just he goes okay alright come on then and then at the end like he she gets thrown into this like wall of magic that basically tears you apart and uh, she gets thrown into it and he goes he goes, I'm sorry, I've got my hands tied. Oh, well, you can't make a number without breaking a baker's dozen. <laughs> and then she just fucking disappears into the ether. I was like, cold-hearted, cold-hearted. But it's great. I really fucking enjoyed this. It's really good. Has a positive message. And Antonio Banderas, I know he's not Zorro in this, but Puss in Boots is essentially Zorro, and Zorro's great. They're supposed to be doing a new Zorro The film. first Zorro is great. Look, don't get into it. They're supposed to be doing a new one, No, they? they're not. Don't get into it. It's hard to, to, to even... I'm no, sure it's not happening. Anyway, and your review. No, oh, Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots isn't a Tom Atkins because it's not perfect. We have a Kate Blanchett. It is really good. The cast is incredible. Um, just a lot of fun and like a really nice positive message. I, I can see this being a good film if people do have kids and they want to take them to see something. This would actually be pretty decent um, compared to some of the other shit that's out right now. And your review. I swear they're meant to be doing a new... There was meant to be Zorro and Django. That was going to happen. That turned into a comic. There was meant to be Zorro twenty ninety nine. No, there was supposed to be a a new Zorro like with Antonio Banderas. Like, yeah, like twenty years later thing. I'd fucking love it. Where, if there um, was. Sort of like a son of Zorro thing. Oh, I'd fucking love it. I'm going to just watch the first Zorro again. I think uh, Catherine Zeta Jones. She's gliding through the lasers. Gave throat cancer. Yeah, gave him throat cancer because he see. loves eating the pussy. Well, <laughs> your review, man. Speaking of cats, Michael Douglas. Oh yeah, I saw Ant Man and Wasp: Quantumania. Oh, that was going to be my last review. What else am I going to review? Just review the fucking. I'll find something. Ant Man and Wasp: Quantumania. Yeah, was a pretty good Marvel. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was another one of them. Yeah, and it did all the things. Such a cunt. <laughs> That a Marvel does. Yeah, it does, yeah. Um, characters have some lessons they sort of learn, but not too many to make you think there's strong character development. Um, you don't want to have too much happening on film. All the good stuff happens between the films. We know this now. Um, but no, it's fine, it's fine. So Ant-Man's like, hey, my daughter's a bit of a rebel, and five minutes later they're in the quantum realm. Didn't waste any time. Look. Jumped straight into the quantum realm. Did not set up much at all. Can we just quickly talk about his daughter being a rebel? She's a rebel. She was just protesting. Yeah. She like she she wasn't stealing. She wasn't uh, robbing a bank. She wasn't breaking into Stark Industries rebel. to steal she shrunk a police car. How dare she disrespect <sighs> our boys in blue? We've got to respect the blue line. Um, she should have shrunk them and stepped on them. So <laughs> fucking no, just shrink them without a mask and they become goo. <laughs> anyway, um, so. They get sucked into the quantum realm. She made a thing. It sent a signal down. Something picked it up and pulled her back, pulled them back and stuff. 
Um, terrifying creature of all. Doesn't confirm how long they're in there for. Bill Murray. They made a point of saying about time's weird in there. Yeah. And so well, that's that's just... the whole point, isn't it? Like Kang doesn't have his full power because he doesn't have his time travel ability because time do- time doesn't exist. Yeah, but like anyway, so they go they they're going into the thing, the quantum realm. <laughs> they help a rebellion fight back against <laughs> this thing. Michelle Pfeiffer's um, character, whatever her name is, I can't remember her name. It's Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. She had apparently sort of trapped him down there years ago. And he well, someone else trapped him first, and then he tried to get her help well, getting she, out of there. she kind of finalised the trapping him in down there. Well, I mean, he probably would have figured out how to mm. get that thing going without her eventually. I yeah. mean, Kang's pretty smart, isn't he? Uh, you know, Kang... He's just His power is time travel, so if he doesn't have time travel, he can't... His power is having shitloads of ridiculous technology. Yeah, yeah, but he's got that because of time travel. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the whole point is that without time travel, he's not as powerful because he can't see every outcome to every situation he puts himself he in. He sees everything. He's made a point of saying it a bunch of times. He knows everything. He knows how everything ends. Yeah, but that's only if he got the power to time travel. He don't, time travel, he can't see the Maybe end. Maybe someone shouldn't have killed that one that was... Uh, protecting everything. Protecting all the time. Yeah. You know. Anyway, so, yeah, they sort of Build a rebellion, and there's a bunch of colourful characters everywhere you turn. It's a Star Wars canteen. Yeah, I was going to say it's a Star Fucking, Wars. They yeah, all sorts of weird characters. There's, even, there's a Bill Murray there. Yeah, that's bad for a, a scene. Yeah, that's Bill, a Bill Murray. He did not film. care. Um, he wasn't bothered at all. Was he? he didn't no, give a shit. No. Um, it's like, how much am I getting paid for this? And is it Garfield? He was like, how much am I getting paid for this? Uh, fine. Oh, Mate, what's to... that? I get to imply that I banged Michelle yeah, Pfeiffer. I was say. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I mean, to be honest, who did they de-age her? I couldn't tell. It's really dark, this film. Mm. Like, the whole time. I don't know if it was maybe just the Odeon Cinema being shite, because the Odeon Cinema is a bit shit. Was it the one in Guildford? Yeah, it's a bit mm. shit. Um, I couldn't tell if maybe they had the bulbs down too low or something, but it was just dark the whole way through. Mm. Um, that's the thing. Whenever you go to the Quantum Realm, right, I think they're thinking, oh, the Quantum Realm's like inside stuff. Yeah. Subatomic and all this sort of beyond subatomic so obviously it'll be dark, but no, it wouldn't. It'd still be light. There'd be light. Yeah. You, I mean, if they can see each other, there's light particles. So there's going to be as much light in there as there is outside. Yeah. I would have thought. I would have thought light would get in there. I don't know. I don't know how it all works. Friggin', I'm sure something down there glows. I mean, a lot of stuff glows. Yeah. Um, but there's a whole bunch of new fun characters. There's um, who's that guy with a big laser face? Zolom or something? Oh, I don't. I don't. I remember Bob. Bob, yeah, little guy. I like the um the psychic guy. I like the psychic guy as well. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah, don't think that. Don't think. Oh. That. People no, are disgusting. On. Yeah. Um, he was he was all right. His I liked lady. I I liked his his like buff lady. What's a buff lady called? I liked it's, her. It's when buff lady beats up that dude and she's like, "Give me the code." And he's like, "I'll never give you the code." And he goes, "Oh, it's one six seven five I was like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's it's just a standard Marvel. But the thing is, it's like. The last few Marvel films, I felt like they've let the directors go, sort of have a bit more director's voice. Yeah. Because the thing is, people, it's a fair complaint. People have said that the films don't really feel like many of them have got a director's voice behind them. Yeah. Which they don't really. James Gunn kind of gets a bit in there with Gardens of Galaxy. But even yeah. those, in terms of what a James Gunn film is normally like, they're pretty restrained. I don't know. Like, I he think, gets away with a lot in those films. Like, yeah, but they're I, not. None of his films have the same sort of energy as the Gardens of Galaxy films. They don't have the same sort of, like, the same sort of level of something like super or no, but they, they come as close as you can get in like a 12A. Maybe. Like, there's like that scene in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 where his arrow is literally just going through people's skulls and stomachs and 
There's a shot that travels through a hole in someone's sternum. But um, no, it's fine. It's fine enough stuff. But this one feels like I mean, Peyton Reed is a hack. Yeah. So Peyton Reed is just a guy who's just going to do the job for him. That's yeah. exactly the sort of director they love, and he does what he does. Because the thing is, like Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, I quite enjoyed that. I thought I it was really pretty liked good. It. I, I like the Sam Raimi stuff. I, think I said that I thought that was probably, yeah. probably my favorite film. It's Sam Raimi light, but it's pretty decent entertainment. Yeah. Um, For Love and Thunder is a bit of a fucking mess. Yeah, it's a massive uh, mess. It has its moments. Yeah. Um, and I thought like Shang Chi fell apart in the last twenty minutes. I thought the last yep. act was not what I wanted from that film. Um, but you know they've all had their issues here and there. But this one feels like the most complete. Like there's not really anything to moan about. No. It's just a straightforward. It's just a straightforward Marvel. Yeah. Um, it's I, perfectly fine. I had a good time with it. I, I liked Paul Rudd. I liked the idea of him like being someone who actually uses his fame as Ant-Man and talks about like saving the world and shit. Well, that's the thing. Um, he doesn't... That's the whole thing that starts an argument is that he's not using... He's not actually being a hero or anything. He's no. just He's just sitting out of it like he doesn't want to get into fights. Oh, here she is. Gentora, her character's called. Um... But there was, there's like a few really interesting little bits and pieces. Um, Katie O'Brien. The mm. film starts with him walking down the street, talking about everything he's done, taking pictures with people's dogs, and just like enjoying life and and not really thinking about things beyond what he's already done. And like you say, he's staying out of the fight for the most part. Um, and then it ends with almost like a mirror scene of that, yeah. except like he, he does. That's how you stuff. do story. That's how you do films, man. You. <laughs> you go full circle. It's you, Chekhov's walk. <laughs> that's how you do. That's a that's a thing you do in films. Yeah, I know. I know. You, at the end, you mirror the start to yeah. show where they've. And come. also, did you notice he's walking the opposite way down the road at the end? Ah, well, the guy knows he's Ant Man. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I um, I I did really like this. Um, I think, I think everybody said the same thing. Like standouts are Paul Rudd and um, Michelle Pfeiffer and um, Jonathan Banks. They're all so fucking good in this. That I don't think that there's any way that anyone else could really get an name. Jonathan Banks? What fucking... Isn't that the name of the guy who plays Kang? No, Jonathan Banks is the guy from Better Call Saul yeah, and Breaking Bad. I think that's the name of the guy in this as well. It's Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Banks is the old guy, yeah, he's the old guy from, from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Who's like, what you're going to do is you're going to order a pastrami sandwich and you're going to take it home and you're going to take three bites, no more, no less. Then you put the rest of the microwave. In yeah, that's that's what he does. Um, vegan pastrami is pretty good. Um, but yeah, um, the thing is that, like, yeah, Jonathan Majors is fucking incredible in this. Um, he does. Marvel have done a really good job of hiring people to play great villains in films that don't. He's gonna have fun with this because, like, if they keep throwing loads of Kangs out there, yeah, just keep I doing think, it. I think the Loki show is gonna get through most of the the Kangs. I've got a feeling season two of Loki's going to be like every week there's a different Kang they go after. Maybe. Because that's, there's a te- uh, spoilers, there's a teaser for Loki, for season, Loki two. season two at the end of this. But, um, yeah, the, I, I, re- I reckon when you get to the main films, it's going to focus on like one. I, I bet in the Kang Dynasty, they fucking wipe him out in no time and there's one left. It'll be like, we got to find the the origin Kang to stop well, all the others. That's kind of like the, the thing about Kang in the comics is that like, he is a Nexus character. So although there are people that look like him, it's not that they are him, it's that he's taken people from time that are either shapeshifters or aliens that look kind of similar. And he's like built up this roster to sort of like pad it out. But then he's also 
given himself these extreme powers where he can control time, he can control everything. So essentially it's impossible to fight him because he firstly knows the outcome Kang's of every Booster screen. Gold if Booster Gold was competent and evil. And could travel back forward in time. And wasn't a fucking yeah. idiot. Because <laughs> Booster Gold doesn't realise he can't travel forward in time, does he? Like that's kind of the thing about Booster Gold is he comes from a point where he didn't exist. So he steals the technology to go back in time and then can't go forward because it doesn't exist anymore because he's fucked time up. That's all the point of Booster Gold. That's why he never goes forward in time. He's always just stuck in the time that they time travel forward in time all the time in DC stuff yeah I, but it's never like he can't like in the comics that's the whole point I think about Booster I God. think he just travels back in time because he's a dick and wants to be famous maybe and right. he knows that his technology will make him look like a wizard maybe um, but yeah I, I really like this Jonathan, Ma- Jonathan Majors is incredible um, He's he's got that thing where he's like he knows the character he's playing he's having a lot of fun with it like you said he, he just seems to Again, Christian Bale knew who Gore was, even though the film didn't really know what he was. Mm. And, like, his playing of that character was, like, pitch perfect to the fucking vicious monster in the comics. But, like, then Taika Waititi was like, let's tell a joke, or let's let's remove that aspect of his powers to make him easier. Hey, guys, well, if you just ad-lib the next few scenes, and we'll just put it in our multi-billion dollar budget. And like, and like again, like not um, Namor in Black Panther Wakanda Forever was incredible. Oh, yeah, Wakanda Forever was good. Yeah. And Actually, like, yeah, that's probably the one that had the most director's voice stuff going on. The problem with that one is it's so dark and depressing you can never mm. watch it again. You can watch it once and then you're like, oh, Chad replacement's Do you think Ryan Coogler doing that is why Creed frees Michael B. Jordan directing it? <laughs> I thought Michael B. Jordan just wanted to direct. Yeah, but... Because Ryan Coogler didn't direct two, did he? Didn't he? No, it was someone mm. else. He did the first one. He did the first one. I've still not watched any of them. <laughs> first one's really good. Second I've still one's not watched right. Rocky Balboa. Fucking... You haven't watched 2006's Rocky Balboa. One of the greatest comeback stories of our time it's not Rocky 4 it's it's what it's no Rocky 4 are you trying to make a joke about the fact that Rocky 5 is one of the worst films ever made and you forgot the number okay no you actually meant Rocky 4 Rocky 5 is pretty good though Rocky 5 is dog shit you're a fucking maniac you are a fucking maniac you take that back right fucking now you you actually just said that Rocky 5 is okay it's better than people think it is no it's not who are these people? Because they're fucking lying to you. Tommy Gunn haters. Tommy Gunn haters. There's a reason he's dead. Right? It's because he made Rocky Five, and even God was like, this is a step too far. They had the fight in the street and I like how that ended. I thought that was a nice poetic way to end the Rocky films. A street fight? Yeah. In a Rocky movie. Yeah. A movie about an Italian guy who used to be a heavy for the mafia who's rising up to do better and be better. He's been dragged down to that level. The point is he shouldn't The be. place he came from, where he had nothing. You're a fucking scumbag. I can't fucking believe I didn't know this side of you. How could you say something as disgusting as you like Rocky Five? You could say... And I liked it at the end of the game when you like you didn't have a big arena. The last, the last stage is a street. The audience can't see me giving you this look, but I am fucking outraged. Um, Ant-Man Quantumania, though, I kind of agree with you on. It's a good film. It was fun. Um, I like the fact that they just went, let's do a Star Wars. And let's make Ant-Man a far more interesting character. Do you think... This film has more green screen sets than any other film ever made. No. Because I've seen how they made Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones has some, has some real sets. No. I'm pretty sure nothing in this I has no sets. I refuse to believe that any of Attack of the Clones had real sets. That film is softer than a block of fucking cheese You're left in the sun. Much like... <laughs> it's much like my brain. Yeah, yeah. Much like my brain. Yeah. Much like my brain, yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah huh? my brain, yeah. Huh? Says the guy who likes Rocky Five. Yeah. you fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I got way too personal. If you like Rocky Five, that's fine. It's we can gritty. get you help. It's a return to the gritty form <laughs> of the original Rocky films. Because Rocky Four kind of went a bit far, but Rocky Four is a lot of fun. Do you reckon someone would section you if like, I told them you liked Rocky Five? Do you reckon they'd turn up? Be like, oh shit, this is a serious one. <laughs> We've got a woman biting her own fingers off, but your housemate likes Rocky Five. You think Creed will go the same direction, man? Creed's Creed's coming up to Creed Four. No, it's Creed Three. Yeah, Creed Three's coming up, but then they'll do Creed Four. No, it's the end of it. Now. And Creed will like He's retiring after. So that's the point. Stop North Korea or something. You can punch a rocket. Yeah, punch a rocket out of the sky. No, Magic Michael dance on it and destroy it with. Love. <laughs> Actually, I'm thinking. Right, you got to do a Creed film where he falls from grace, right? Yeah. And his big fight is against one of those punch bag machines in an arcade. <laughs> <laughs> he's determined to get the high score on it. <laughs> and he spends the whole film training to take it. <laughs> and then it bounces back and hits him in the face. Yeah, that bit like that. Um, you know that bit of Stephanie Ben Shapiro yeah. punching the ball and it hits him in the face? Yeah. And it's Stephanie Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, yeah, Ant Man Quantumania though. Uh, fuck Kang is cool, and I didn't mind the I liked ending. All the weird visuals. Loads of people hated the ants at the end, but I liked ants. What's all ants? I liked Batman. Mike, I liked Michael Fucking... Douglas being like, "There's a bunch of subatomic ants from all the experiments I've done, and they've lived through hundreds of years of civilization." But they came down with him, and they went down to another place, and they lived for like a thousand years. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's the ant, the robot ants he had, the yeah. ones who were the, making their little civilization at the yeah. start. And then they helped them tear tear Kang apart. And Modok, Modok's in this. Yeah, Darren. G- good to see Modok back. People are moaning about that, and they're like, they're like, oh, this isn't Modok the way he should be. And I'm like, fucking Modok's a weird head with baby legs, yeah. like... 99% of people you show Modoc to are going to laugh. Yeah. They're not going to take it serious. doesn't matter how angry you make his face, because they do that in the comics, don't they? They make his face as angry as possible and stretch it and all creased yeah, up yeah. to make him look threatening. When He's, a, he's an egg man. He's a freaking... He's a machine only designed for killing. Yeah. Yeah. Designed only for killing. Modoc. Modoc. <laughs> But, um, um, I liked. Sorry. I liked. Um, I liked. Who cares in, about Modok for fuck's sake. I liked in this that that uh, Ant Man could go as big as he wanted because they obviously they don't have oxygen in the same way we do on the surface, mm. and he could even take his mask off when he was big. I was like, that's cool. A lot of people were like, how can he take his mask off when he's down? And it's like, yeah, it's because it's quantum round. You can do pretty much what you want. Yeah, things are different down there. Man. Yeah, uh, fucking. I liked uh, Cassie. Cassie was a good, a good little, um, good little uh, sidekick. Her fight against Modok was probably one of the more interesting things where she just went, I'm Third just going to grab person to play that character in the Marvel films. Punch, punch Modok in the face. Yeah. And he's got a lot of face to punch. Quaz was the psychic guy. William Jackson Harper. Yeah, from The Good Place. The Good Place? Yeah, he's in The Good Place. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not watched Good Place. He's also in uh, Love. He's also in Dogs in Space. Oh, I haven't seen that. Um, and, um, but yeah, like, um, I, American I really American Dad. Great. Um... I really liked it, and I do like that. Zolom. So I just, I just love that Zolom was in it. Ant Man at the end, just like, did I do the right thing, or is this made things worse? You're spoiling the film. Um, I didn't say what happened, um, but I like that. Oh, the one scene that was really good um, that I really liked was the um, multiple outcomes, where it gets close to the machine. Oh, yeah, and it shows yeah, yeah. every version of him, depending on what decisions he made. And there's like one Baskins and Robbins version of him, just there, like I can help you, bud. Make the um, there's freaking digital pool rods everywhere. Yeah, 
too many pull rods. And I like the idea that like he's like, we're all working together for the same thing. And then you see the wasp, someone who is actually working towards the same thing as her duplicates. And she's just got a trail behind her. He's got like all this mess of people. Well, with she knows different what she's uniforms. doing. Yeah. Because she's focused. Um, but yeah, really good. I liked it. You should have put more than one of those things on it straight away. You shouldn't have done. What do you mean? Oh, the little sh- yeah, yeah, put one on there. It's what a fool. Yeah. What's Cassie's special thing? She can actually she can get bigger than Ant Man in the comics. She can get like she goes really big. Like something about her her um, the effects of stuff on her. I can't remember what it was, but she can get bigger than Ant Man can and Giant Man actually. Like that's the whole point is that she's the big person. Wasp gets wings. Yeah, I know. She gets to fly. Yeah. Hope. Can she fly when she's full sized? She only flies when she's wasp sized, no, doesn't she? Can she can fly full size as well. Does she? Because she's yeah. the wings. Like, Oh, maybe she can't actually. That's what I think. I don't think she does fly full size. No, does she? it must only be when she's small. Yeah. yeah. So small. So small. So tiny. So tiny. So tiny. So small. So little. Someone said. Someone I was kind of hoping to get. Could um, Ant Man go up Kang's butt and then expand to kill him? No, he's wearing an outfit specifically designed to stop butt paste attacks. Well, actually, he'd, um, he'd try to go inside and he'd get stuck in. He'd get stuck in John- no, Jonathan, Jonathan Major's denser. So so strong his cheeks. Mm. He would clench. The denser's thing would. Well, What's I mean, they'd dense? both be in a pretty bad state by yeah. the end of it. But I was kind of hoping that Hank would get to have his an Ant Man suit on. Yeah. Like they could have set up that whole bit at the start where it's like, oh, we should all wear our Ant Man suits for this special thing we're going to try and do. Oh, it's funny how it's like literally like five minutes. He puts his hands in the ship. He up. learns how to fly the ship. Yeah. And Michelle Pfeiffer goes like stuffing a turkey. Mm. Gross. 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 I like Michelle Pfeiffer though. Cause, Michelle um, Pfeiffer is really good in this. Just in general. Just yeah. like Michelle Pfeiffer. She's a very attractive lady. Yeah. Do they? I can't tell if they de-aged her. That's what I was saying earlier. There's too dark to tell. Think, I don't think they have. Don't think they have. For the bit when, oh, when they go back in time, when you see her chatting with um, Kang earlier, I couldn't tell if they de-aged her. I think her maybe not. a little bit there. Yeah, but she she said she spent thirty years down there, but it was like it must have been hundreds of years to her. No, thirty years. She said it was thirty years. Well, no, she said she it was thirty years when she got up. So I think she's saying thirty years for their benefit. But when yeah. she's down there, it's. Time doesn't really work the same way, does it? So it could have been hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, Would you eat one of those pizzas after he's put the pin particles on it? I liked that. I didn't. I don't. I wouldn't want to eat that. You wouldn't want to eat that. No. Why does he try and save four dollars? Because it's only like eight dollars or eight dollars. He says saves eight. Oh, he saves eight dollars. Yeah, that's worth it. That's worth using a drop of. In this, how much does a drop of pin particles cost to make? How many times do you have to beat your wife to make one vial of pin particles? I don't, I don't know. They don't really talk about that in the film, but Hank Pym beats his wife. He's a bad dude. He's a bad dude, driven mad by pin particles. He eventually gets merged with Ultron. Oh, good for him. Like a monstrosity. He didn't make Ultron in this one, though. No, he didn't. No, that was uh, Tony Sparks. From the band Sparks. Yeah. 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 Anyway, what's your last review? Fuck's sake. Is it just Ant-Man? Yeah, it was just going to be Ant-Man. Okay, instead, instead well, I'm going to talk about... Catch you all later. I'm going to last... talk about Nintendo Switch Online introduces Game Boy. Game Boy Advance games on the Game Boy on the Switch. And you played any of these yet? Yeah. You had a go on these? Yeah. Do you complete any? No. Because you're a fucking loser. Just like Tetris for a bit. Fucking loser who likes Rocky Five. I've played complete... a bit of Alone in the Dark. Yeah, that's really cool, isn't it? Yeah, so I got stuck and I thought, fuck it. Yeah. Um, I remember Alone in the Dark being on sale in Toys R Us for £20 and it was a time when I didn't have £20 because I was young. 
Didn't have money back then. Hadn't started your hand job business yet. Not the no, no, not the good one. No, not the one that actually sold hand jobs. Um, so Alone in the Dark is pretty cool, but basically they've released a bunch of Switch uh, on the Switch. They've released a bunch of Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and and um, and uh, Game Boy Advance games to play if you all subscribe to their online service. So if you're a nerd like me, you'll be very excited to hear you can finally play Super Mario Land 2, colon, six golden coins, the first appearance of Wario, that famous Elon Musk character. It's not the first appearance of Wario. The second appearance of Wario, that famous Elon Musk yeah, character. Wario's Woods came out just before it, I think. It was literally the same, like, couple of months. Then why do you correct me? Why do you need to do that? Um, Are you trying to get back at me? You know what? That hurts more than you correcting me. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, really, really, really good little collection of games to begin with. Nothing crazy. I think the biggest surprise was Alone in the Dark. I mean, Gargoyle's Quest, that's quite an expensive... That is an expensive cart now, yeah. Be, yeah. Especially the NES version, though. I'd love them to put the NES version on there. If you could, on because NES Because they've thing. got the sequel on the SNES. Yeah, they've got Demon's Quest on. They put the yeah. NES one on, because that's... Fu- Kev had that when I went around Kev's. He had it, and we played. We did a Let's Play of it yeah. years ago. And after we were done, he said, Kev, do you know how expensive this game is now? And he was like, I'm not sure. And by about a week later, he'd sold it. <laughs> yeah, good on him. Good on him. Um, one of the one of the games that I'm hoping they add to it is Kid Dracula, the Game Boy version, because that's amazing. See, will they? Because that's in the Castlevania collection. It's not. The NES one is, but not the Game Boy one. The Game Boy one's the better game. Mm. Having played through both, Your the mom, Game Boy one is a better game. Your mum's a better game. Um, so yeah, so the Game Boy Color games, you've got Link's Awakening, which we've already got the remake of, Tetris, Super Mario. You've got Alone in the Dark. You've got Gargoyle's Quest. Metroid. You know, and a couple of others in there. Um, Metroid 2, one of the more interesting things about Metroid 2, if you select the Game Boy Color palette for it, there is a new... It's been newly redone in colour for that. No, it had... Well, no, the, it did. had a Super Game Boy palette. No, this is done again. So this is a different colour palette done by the engineers of the original game, apparently. Um, which is really cool. And then you've got... No, this looks exactly like Super Game Boy. It had looked like on my Game Boy colour. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, apparently it's, it's new. That's, that's what I read. Um, and then you've also... Um, Got Metroid 2. You know, there's a bunch of games on there and they're all pretty much bangers. Like, it's worth giving them all a go. Again, Game Boy, older tech, but there is something magical about that system. And I I don't think it is just nostalgia. Like, going back and playing Super Mario Land 2, that game is just... It's just so well made. And same with Tetris. Like, they're timeless classics for a reason. They are worth giving a go. Then you've got the Game Boy Advance side of things, Anne. Have you had to go on any of the Game Boy Advance games? I played um, Super Mario Kart. Yeah. Superb circuit. Great. I played Legend of Zelda The Minish Cap, hmm. which is a fun game created by who, Anne? Who made it? Who made that one? Is part of a six-game deal they agreed with Nintendo to make Legend of Zelda games. They made two others. Oh, Capcom. You're not talking about the actual director of it. Yeah, Capcom made it. Capcom made that game, Anne. Capcom, the creators of Resident Evil, my favourite series of all time. Oh. Anne. You've got to be listening to me. When I give you these facts, you've I'm got to be listening. playing Metroid 2. You son of a bitch. Of course you're fucking playing Metroid 2. Look at you, you scumbag. having a great time over there listening to the Rocky Five soundtrack playing fucking Metroid 2. What are you doing about? I fucking love Metroid 2. I finished this years ago. I've never completed it. It's um, it's very much more linear than you might think. Yeah. 
Because you just have to kill 99 Metroids, don't you? Yeah, but then it's the, the path through the game is pretty Oh, right. Linear. So it's just like, yeah, kind of right. All right, anyway. Um, but yeah, really, really good. Really fun inclusion. If you've already got those services, I mean, like N64 only came out, what, like a year ago? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a bit of a mixed bag, the N64 The stuff. N64's not great, but I mean, this stuff. And then GoldenEye came out recently as well. They are adding some value to the service. Yeah. Um, There's something else they've been adding soon. They've added two of the Mario parties, haven't they? Yeah. Um, I don't think they've added the third one yet, have they? No, not yet. Uh, they are adding something else to it, though. I know. It's the Mario Party games on N64. Fucking expensive they now. are good as well. I've still got the first one. Those are some good-ass games. Um, but yeah, Nintendo Switch Online continues to be a good value prospect, and they kind of... Um, I don't know about the expansion pass. I don't know about the expansion pass either. Although the expansion pass, it's really easy. I know that we shouldn't be telling you this. It's really easy to find people that will add you to their family plan for like seven quid on eBay, and you get 12 months of the expansion pass, and it's... Family with fucking random family, a bunch people. Of randos. Yeah. yeah, I don't give a shit. I ain't getting my card details. I'm just their family. I'll join a family. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, but yeah, really, really good value prospect. And like a lot of these games are timeless. Like they are so good to play. Um, and F Zero oh, X is getting added on there. F Zero X is getting added to the the F Zero X Game Boy games are being added yeah. to the GBA side of things. And also we're That's getting we are getting Age Fire of Emblems on there and Golden Sun. Yeah, and we are getting Age of Age of Seasons, Oracle Seasons, Oracle of Ages on the Game Boy Color side. So they'll get the other two Zelda games that haven't been re-released on anything else on there. Yeah. Which is fucking good because they're good games. And you sell everything, mate. You're a capitalist at heart. I need money. Yeah, I Someone wasn't paying enough rent. What, you want more rent? Yeah. How much more do you want? Uh, a million pounds. That's not a reasonable amount, Anne. I might have said yes if you said a reasonable amount. Now I'm going to say mm. no. Oh. Now I'm going to say no to any amount. In fact, I'm not mm. giving you rent this month. I'm squat. <laughs> oh. No, I need to up. get tickets for a hotel. What do you need tickets for a hotel for? So I go to TF Nation in August. It's already coming up to Transforming Nation. I've got to buy, I've buy the tickets for the TF Nation. I bought them. Do you want me to... Wait, you've already bought the tickets well, for the TF Nation? I'm going to buy them in a couple of weeks. But I've got to buy them before March 4th, because on March 4th they put the um, special price for the TF Nation ticket holders. Do you want me to try and get your tickets as a as, a as booking press? for my hotel. Do you want me to try and get your tickets no, as a press? No. They don't sure? do press for that. Yeah, they do. No, they're not for TF Nation, man. Yeah, I'll get you press. All right, anyway, um, yeah, Nintendo Switch Online. It's a, it, if these games are nostalgic to you, that's an instant buy. But if they're not nostalgic and you're just curious about it, there's a lot of good quality games on there that are worth playing, and I really fucking enjoy them. It's Again, it is nerdy shit. It's that little like little section of my brain that goes, I wish I could play those Zelda games again, and you can. And the, again, Zelda, one of my favourite series. Um, not quite up there with Resident Evil, just because there's something about Resident Evil and horror that just always stuck with me a lot more, but... Still fun to play the Zelda games, and I've played all of them, and I'm continuing to enjoy replaying a few of them. Um, but yeah, yeah, good, good time. Um, the only thing I wish is that they had added maybe a few more before, um, maybe a few more to this collection, rather than just one or two, just a few more than that, and it'd be nice. But The Game Boy Advance games is kind of, I mean, there's like six games on it. Yeah. It's a bit lacking, so I'm playing Kirby 64 now. Which I've never played before. Kirby 64? Yeah. It's not bad. I mean, it's no forbidden land, well, forgotten land, which cool. is really good. Cool. Do you play uh, much of Forgotten Land? No. No, it's really oh, good. Oh, no, I completed Forgotten Land. That's the one I had, right? Forgotten yeah, Switch. World. Yeah, yeah, I completed that. No, I've not finished it yet. Okay. Well, is it my copy that I lent you? Possibly. I need to finish it one day. I'm what? only on... Is it Ant's bot collection on YouTube? What? 
Why? What are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? Nothing. Fucking stay away from it. No, don't worry about it. Stop ruining it. I'm not ruining anything. I, I need to turn off my two-factor authentication on my Twitter, but I can't remember my password. Yeah, don't worry about it. You've got to do it before they lock me out. Before I have to start paying £8 for Twitter blue. No, you fucking won't. No one's going to have to pay £8. For you see Twitter. Facebook are introducing a similar thing. No, I don't fucking care. I hate, I hate social media, right? Like, hey guys, here's a secret. I like doing this because I like talking to Anne. I like having my little moments to vent and talk about media. Oh, you fucking loser. You know, sometimes I do. I do think about killing you in your sleep, just just for a second. That's the ideal way to go. To <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, please do. Yeah. <laughs> That's how most people would probably prefer it. What? Just not see it coming. I want to fist fight death. If I if I go in my sleep, am I going to get the chance to like punch out death? Yeah, you get to fight death anyway. That's just what happens. Everyone gets to go. Because I want I want to pull out my whip and beat him up. Your whip? My whip. Because I'm a Belmont. Oh. You're a Belmondo. No, Bellend. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't want to go in my sleep. Fuck it. I want to go out fighting. <laughs> I want to go screaming into the void. Um, that's been Chris Apocalypse, episode 204. And how you doing? What did you review at the end there? The Game Boy stuff on Nintendo. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I forgot. Yeah. Forgot straight yeah, away. You forgot because you fucking stole my last review, didn't you? <laughs> you stole Ant Man. Yeah, I could review the Game Boy stuff. Oh, um, could you? Yeah. Oh, could you? Yeah, I didn't really a play much. A person who was who was conscious and aware of the Game Boy and not one year old when the actual console was released could have reviewed those services. I being fixed available. my Game Boy. You fucking son of a bitch. Um, no, a purple one. Somewhere. I can fix it for you if you want. Is it a color? No, I've got the original Game Boy. Yeah, I can fix that. For and you. I've got a Game Boy color. What do you need to? What's broken on the that? Screen doesn't work. Yeah, I'll replace the screen for you. Do you want me to order one? Fuck you. Yeah, I'll order a screen for you, you cunt. Um, I think you just need to run a, a soldering iron along the connectors and it resolders. No, it's it a ribbon off. cable for the screen. Yeah, the ribbon cable's soldered in. No, it's not. It's and a apparently if you just run a soldering flip. iron along it, it'll fix. It's plastic like a flip top. It's not a, not a soldered in. You don't solder in ca- ribbon cables on a screen. It's a replaceable part. It's, it's a fucking liar. It's a little plastic tab you flip up, you pull the cable out and you insert the new one, you flick it down. And the screen goes on the front. You just close the case. No, there's there's a sold there's a thing on there. What that's soldered on? I don't think it's soldered, but I think you're supposed to run the ribbon cable wrong to adhere it back down or something. I don't that know. That sounds like it's gonna ruin your Game Boy. I'll just I'll, I'll screen. ruin your I'll just fucking Game Boy. I'll just replace the screen for you. Shut up. Ow! I fixed my Game Boy. I've got a Game Boy Color that has uh, Kid Dracula on it. Your Game Boy. My Game Boy. Your Game Boy. I got a Game Boy Color with uh, with Kid Dracula. Is it's not a games console, it's some guy called Keith. Yeah, it's called Keith. He's your Game Boy. He's my Game Boy. I put my cartridge in him, and he plays my tune. Mm. Um, shut the fuck up, Anne. Just because I'm, just because I'm happy, and you're not. Um, cunt! What is this? Why did you have to bring up Rocky Five? Why did you have to talk about that film? You know how it makes me feel. Um... This has been Crow Apocalypse episode 204. Um, you can find Anne at Wild Wars Hat on, on Twitter, at Mellow Gaming on Twitter. Oh, sorry, LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. If you know Anne's password, if you could log in and turn off two factor authentication, that'd be real helpful, wouldn't it, Anne? I thought I had the Google thingy. Nah, you don't. No set up. Yeah. Elon Musk deleted all that. Um, and you can find him at Mellow Gaming on YouTube and Anne's bot collection on YouTube. Um, he's also going to be at TF Nation as press if they email me back. Um, 
If not, he's going to buy tickets and then not complain about it to me and try and get more rent from me for his hotel room because that's not fair, is it? It's not fair when you've made a decision to do a fun thing for yourself. When is TF Nation? August. Oh, okay. It's ages away. Um, all right. And, I've uh, searched for Rocky Five positive reviews and it's like... There's too many to read, yeah? Is that what you're going to say? Um, you're going to say there's so many... You can read... Rocky Five is a silly film that just cheapens out the car. Um, the last 30 minutes of Rocky Five is a worthwhile watch, and even though there are numerous flaws, it's a rather engrossing film and the most underrated of the Rocky movies. That's on Rotten Tomatoes, that is. Is that on trust- Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, oh, that trust- famous site that's really trustworthy. Yeah, let me just check out what its Rotten Tomatoes score is on here. Um, what's Rocky Five's Rotten Tomatoes score? No, stop refreshing. Stop refreshing. No, I don't know how you look at Rocky Five's just overall score. How'd you do it? How'd you t- I don't know, but there's there's positive reviews. Greg Mackey gave it a tomato. Greg Mackey's a fucking idiot. Greg Mackey, you're a cunt. Where is he? Where's he live? Oh, sorry, you can find me at Critopocalypse everywhere. Where's he live? Um, tell me where he lives. Star Democrat Eastern MD, whatever that is. Great. I'm going to find a, a, a respected critic. Um, there isn't There isn't any... Yeah, nostalgia critic. critic. Yeah, that's who critic. you're after. You're looking for nostalgia critic. There's no... There's no... There's no... There's no oh, Rocky Five. Right. Hold on. Critical consensus. F- 31%. Oh, yeah, that's quality. That's a sign of quality, yeah? It's more than Flight of the Phoenix remake. That's actually not a bad movie. Oh, oh, Flight of the Phoenix is not bad. The whole 10 yards only has 4%. What the fuck? I thought people like the whole 10 yards. Wait, which one? The Bruce Willis one? Oh, wait, that's the sequel, isn't that's it? That's the sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what are you doing? Uh, nothing, mate. I'm just... Uh... Oh, my God. The picture of Burgess Meredith they've got on the Ricky on the Rotten Tomatoes website. It's like, no one remembers Burgess Meredith looking that's like... That's not Burgess Meredith. That's Burgess Meredith, age 20. Oh, for anyone who's interested in something that's... That's good, but isn't necessarily one of the Rocky films. Uh, there's a song um, called Philadelphia Song by... Um... <laughs> so the first four reviews, there's Rotten. There's a good one in the middle, right? And there's two more Rotten reviews. But look at what the good one says. Owen Gleiberman. <laughs> it says nothing. Oh, I thought it said <laughs> Owen Gleiberman for a second there. Yeah, well, anyway, say goodbye to all the people. So I can click the button. Goodbye, everyone. Um, just been just been one of those days, isn't it? I've learned something new about my housemate. That I'm flatmate. Sorry, that I'm a little bit worried about. Um, Philadelphia song by Matt Nathanson. Really good song about Rocky. Um, rock with a Y. You know, Burgess Meredith died helping Rocky live. Yeah. Aesop Rocky. Aesop Rocky. That's another Rocky. Um, a waste yeah. of time. Have a. <laughs> <laughs> End the podcast. Have a great time, everyone. Thank you for listening. Masters of ending this. We are so good at ending podcasts. Yeah, I um, can do it. All I've got to do is press a button. The Tories eat the souls of young babies. <laughs>